Everybody and welcome to an interseason episode of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stockton. Hey, Sequelizers, sequelize this. Ooh. A little bit of a higher range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we will do. Maybe. No, you won't. <laughs> I've just pointed at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of higher beings, also joining us, it's Tim Matum. Riddle me this. What sort of man has sequels on the brain? <laughs> the three of us, when we're worrying about what we're writing for season 10, I think. Yep, accurately. Because season 10 is coming up soon, dear listeners. We're getting towards the end of the interseason. So we're going to have oh, some bad sequels to sort out. And I know we say this a lot, but there's some shite in this season. In a good way. In that we're going to have fun talking about it kind of way but we regret having to actually watch the films Some to prepare. Impressive Drek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you just say regret? I think I did, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I had like a, a spit bubble. It's fine, man. Bubble. That's what I want to do on that. I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> Clip that out, Tim, and just save regret. Regret. I'll get a no regret tattoo. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh dear. Well, yes, we're coming up to season 10. Very exciting. But before we get to that, we do have this episode, which is our return and the revenge of the comeback of listener, <laughs> of listener feedback, which means we've been taking your I be- questions. I believe this is uh, this listener feedback, the squeakquel. <laughs> it, yeah. Is this the fourth, fourth one? Fifth time I think it's the fourth it? or fifth yeah. time we've done it, yeah. yeah. Somehow people still have questions for us that we haven't answered. New listeners. Yeah. Some old listeners as well. Yeah. New yeah. questions. Yeah. We even got some feedback from some people on our lovely Patreon page. Oh. If you'd like to join those lovely patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and get early access, ad-free episodes, and all the cool bonus stuff we'll be doing. You can get entire bonus episodes during the interseason. We've already done two of them. There is a what we've watched recently that is a recent upcoming now what's the timeline i don't know i think that will have just I mean, been just, released it's just yeah. been released yes. if everything has gone according to plan <laughs> so you've got your three bonus episodes for this interseason including a recent release what we've watched recently and we'll have movie commentaries and outtakes for season 10 i'm excited to get back to commentaries. oh i love doing the commentaries they're so much fun they take they take a while but they do have a finite end of the length of the film. I mean, yeah, <laughs> to be fair, at this point, Easy most of our episodes run longer than a feature We're film. True. Yeah, We've true. done episodes longer than Zack Snyder's Justice League. God damn. <laughs> That's so messed up. Yeah, it is. That is messed up. But people listen, so I can't complain too much. because it was gold. Yeah, better than Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to go and get the exclusive episodes and be prepared for season 10 with the commentaries and all the cool stuff that's going to be coming up, we've got some other plans, some new merch coming out, got some interesting stuff planned for the anniversary in May. It's five-year anniversary of episode one. Go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and you can join them, the lovely patrons. And if you go to the top of the tiers, you get to become an executive producer like these fine folks have done. Colin Thompson. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. James McDowell. 
You see a lot, Doctor. When are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't you? Why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see? Philip Morgan. You got into Harvard Law. What? Like it's hard? Josh van der Sluis. Hey, Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? <laughs> Jonathan Firth Clark. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Stuart Maine. Yeah, really specs. Suddenly she's not the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Xenos. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Go away, Anna. Okay, bye. Josh Miles. Too short for a stormtrooper. Huh? Oh, the uniform. And Hyper Dude Man. What's uh, this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Thank you for your support, executive producers. You make this interseason possible. The fact that we've done 13 episodes with the MCU trilogy kicking us off. Yeah. And we've got a 12 episode season 10 coming up soon as well. Plus all the commentaries coming back. You make this all possible. Thank you for your support on Patreon. We very much appreciate it. So much goddamn content and it's all your fault. <laughs> it's an obscene amount of stuff. If anyone's to blame, it's the patrons. Yeah. Not us. Uh, we just do what we're told yeah. most of the time. So join them and help share the blame. Exactly. <laughs> a problem loved is a problem shared. Or yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> problem shared is a problem loved. I think. Exactly. So, should we dive into some questions? I am and very give ready. The listeners, some answers, shall we? Yes. We're going to kick things off with one of the executive producers, Aries. Funnily enough, Aries. Star sign, you know. What next question? <laughs> Green. It's my favorite color. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're Anything. Irish, Matthew. I don't think it is. Yeah. But carry on. We need to de delve deeply into that. I think. Understand like the psychology to, they, of your favourite That's colour. another another stretch goal <laughs> is we just put Matt through therapy. Oh, God. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a hell of a stretch oh, goal. I have been through a lot of therapy, but goddamn on air. <laughs> not with me, you haven't, Sonny. <laughs> Cracks his knuckles. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, Jonathan Firth-Clark, who I just mentioned as one of the executive producers, yes. has asked, how much do you dread sending out that message every season asking your EPs for their picks? <laughs> Very uh, much so, John. Uh, not that much for me, personally. I would say dread, dread is the wrong word. Mm. I think the regret. I think it's the <laughs> <laughs> we've got to a point now where you know, obviously, the original pitch for the show was bad sequels to good films. Now we're just bad sequels sorted, and obviously, we've had to broaden up what we accept. You know, because there's only so many truly bad sequels to truly good films, mm. and so in broadening what we accept. It we opened op the floodgates we've opened, of shit. We have opened the floodgates to some truly horrendous shit. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the thing now. <laughs> not to make it sound like it's you know uh, a, a, a torment or anything during earlier seasons you'd at least know that you're going to watch a good film and then a bad sequel <laughs> and now we're Valid. at the point where you're like oh so now I just have to watch these two bad films so to put that into perspective or possibly eight bad films well, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, we tease Josh Miles who is known as Up in the Shed who will get into in a moment as well he sent a question through mm -hmm. on the discord he gets a lot of shit for his terrible ep picks he's responsible for picking mother of tears by the way yeah. dear listeners I, do, I i actually enjoyed that as a pick because it's i it's so mental yeah 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 mm -hmm. i think it worked as a kind of look through 
shallow as well because we hadn't this exactly. topic we never really touched on before. Yeah, as on bad the as Mother of Tears is, that actually mm. kind of worked really well as an episode mm. for us to kind of for me to educate myself in Jallo and then look yeah, at yeah, other yeah. stuff as well. It'd be on the list, but it'd be a while before we got to it. Whereas this is like pushing it up the list faster, basically. Yeah. That's often the case with the UP picks. They are on the master list of bad yeah. sequels somewhere, maybe quite far down. <laughs> but yeah, we get uh, even get like stuff like Fern Gully 2 from Xenos last yeah, season. Was like, yeah. He was like, I actually prefer the second one. I'm like, fucking hell, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I insist on no clown cars. I'm like, all right, Xenos, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I really enjoy the fact that we have that as part of our show. I love it when podcasts and, and YouTube channels and all this kind of stuff have a bit of interaction with the listeners, mm. whether that's directly through the listeners. We do like Patreon polls and stuff like that. So we get the patrons mm. voting on a multiple choice thing, or we get the EPs coming in and saying this thing. And we still have veto power. We have vetoed a couple, mm. like soft yes. veto. It's not like we're never going to do that, but this doesn't fit in the theme of the season because we've said about this before. We try and construct the season around. It's not just horror film, horror film, horror this film, horror balance. film. Yeah. Want to balance a comedy and a romantic mm. film and a kid's film and a horror film yeah. and something a bit older, something a bit sci-fi, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And try and some, balance some it a bit more. Big films people have heard of and some smaller films people may not have. Precisely. Exactly. Like you got, that. you got to have the tent pole things. There. You got the cornerstones of the season, the big, big finale, big start, some good ones in the mm. middle. And then some interesting, weird indie old stuff, whatever it is in the middle there as well. Yeah. So I think it brings a nice bit of variety, but you guys have terrible fucking taste sometimes. <laughs> John and I Josh think... specifically, you have terrible fucking and Zenos. You will have terrible fucking taste. And the rest of them. No. <laughs> I think I think there's there's a real interesting tension between sometimes picks are made where it's like, haha, I'm gonna make the guys suffer with this one. And then sometimes there's picks that are entirely honest where it's just like, I'd like to see you do that. And it's a question of like, wow, I wouldn't like that is nowhere near like yeah. like a Fern Gully too, where it's like you know genuinely like oh no I I actually I prefer the second one but I'm interested to see what you do with it. It's like yeah okay you know and and it's everyone's you know opinions are varied and uh, yeah and, and then, I, one of the reasons that I like doing this show is that it pushes me to watch stuff that I would never have watched otherwise. Yeah. Um and so whenever we get those truly weird picks, it's always like I enjoy that because it's like. Okay, I never would have watched that. You know, I never would have thought to watch that. So go on then, yeah. Which is probably true of a lot of the listeners as well. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds fucking awful. That sounds fucking great. And and then we're saying like, you should watch this first one. I know it's from 1978 or whatever, mm. but y you know, it's it still holds up. It's really good. I mean, again, mm. the prime example I think of with with you guys and things is uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm. And the reaction I'm like, holy crap, this is a good film. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Actually, oh, this is a film about dancing and stuff, right? It's like, well, it's kind of about kind of. working class people and drugs and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. wow, okay. And then we watch Staying Live and go, holy crap, this uh, is, this is the film that I thought Saturday yeah, Night Fever yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, another precisely. example, um, and we'll go into, there's another question coming on in a moment that I won't touch on too much, is being introduced to new films, I think, is a, is a big yeah. part of that, whether that's through the EP picks or through our master list of... Mm. There are still some of those occasional good movies where you see the first one or the first two and then the third one is shit or something like that so there are still gems in there somewhere that i haven't i have yet to experience and have experienced yeah. mm. thanks to the show as well second question from jonathan yes with the rise of the reboot sequel as in a film that ignores previous sequels such as Candyman 2021 or halloween 2018 mm -hmm. what franchise or franchises do you think need one of these reboot cool things modern remake slash sequel doodads 
Any I, ideas? I thought of two. Okay. Uh, just in case my pick was picked by you guys, basically. Sure. One is Jarhead. Interesting. Because Jarhead has three mm. sequels. Oh, God, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I don't need a sequel to Jarhead <laughs> at all. Yeah. But if you wanted to tell the story of a veteran who, from the Gulf War who had to go back to the Afghan war, but like that could would work. be interesting. Yeah. Yes, because I, I have not seen the Jarhead sequels, but I believe they are just pretty much just action films. They are, tat, yeah. 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 they are quite, is this in a similarish way to Rambo? As mm. in the, the Rambo yeah, just, yeah. They're quite divorced from what the original was even about. So. Yeah. They yeah. take the anti-war PTSD interesting yeah. character study type stuff and be mm. like, it's a war movie, right? Like, uh, no, but, mm. well, we've made a war movie. Oh, mm. And the okay. boiled up tension of people who want to just do their purpose of killing yeah. someone, yeah. but they can't because of the sitting on your hands the whole time. It's, it's a, yeah, mm. Jarhead's on the, that. The best Jarhead sequel is the HBO series Barry, starring Bill Hader. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I won't say my one other one until you guys have Fair. had a chance. I have one that is steeped in sequelizers lore and myth. Mm -hmm. Shit. The Mask. Oh, like we could do. You could definitely work with a modern mask reboot, cool thing. Yeah. Maybe hint towards some Jim Carrey stuff because the mask itself, the actual Loki mask, mm. can travel about and all this yeah. bollocks. And it's... you could have references to Stanley in there or whatever. Mm. Yeah, fucking ignore Son of the Mask. Fuck yeah, that put that in the bin. Oh, we've already. I've already watched it twice because of this fucking show. <laughs> thanks and thanks to thanks to the original episode where we talked about mm. it and fixed it, and then the recent Discord anniversary where we did a live chat mm. with the discord crew and we all yeah. jumped in and yeah fun yeah. experience but fuck yeah. me that fuck that movie's terrible oh god yeah i absolutely adored people watching it for the first time <laughs> it's and every time it escalated we were like just you wait I was like oh the dog looks terrible I'm like mate <laughs> you haven't seen the baby oh my god the sperms i was like yep we, we warned you about the sperms wait for the multiple baby dicks they're like what <laughs> like yeah we warned you and I think everybody hated that film as much as it's, we did. It's less bad the second time around just because it hasn't got that continual sense of just like, oh, Jesus, what now? Yeah. When yeah. you know what to expect, you're just resigned to like, no, this is one of the worst films. Ever. Yeah. And I think a modern mask film could work really well with the like success of like Deadpool and stuff recently. I think an, an R-rated kind of You could of even bring back Jim Carrey comedy. and do you an could, older one. Yeah, yeah. More jaded Jim Carrey. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. So you should, but you could. You yeah. could do, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who I would have as like a new mask. Yeah, who's who's as rubber-faced in 2024 or whatever I feel like be. I'd like to see Donald Glover have a stab at it. Oh, that's a bold shout, Matthew. Yeah, that's my bold else. shout. Oh, no, no, he's, no, no. He's a million times cooler and sexier than Jim Carrey, though. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, no, that's that's who I think I'd. But it doesn't necessarily have to be Stanley. It, it, yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah. the comics yes. are so much darker. You could take yeah. it from that darker mm. kind of. In the same way that we, you know, Matt Reeves' Batman is this kind of noir, closer to the comics, detective style thing. Yes. Having yes. a similar, closer to the comics, way more dark horse style. Mm. Stanley kills himself at the end, but it's not Stanley kind of real dark. Yeah. It fucks with his psychology and all that kind of mm. stuff. You could have it in this. It lends itself then... to a 2020s comic book adaptation more than the 90s dark did. gritty yeah. reboot style that's, yeah. what, that's what we need yeah. more of is dark gritty reboots what are we doing yeah tim how about you uh there's a couple that we have done on the show Ooh. yeah uh i think the crow and highlander oh, oh. very good very oh. good would both yes please really lend themselves to that how about mm. the crow versus highlander oh my god mm. It might like my Blade versus Spider Man. If that comic didn't exist in like 1998, yeah. I'd be shocked. God damn, man! I it's <laughs> it's not quite that, but I really like 
Bumblebee, <laughs> the movie. Oh, Bumblebee and I is wish, brilliant. I wish yeah. it, it could have done that and and just been like, no, all forget that universe. Forget all that. You know, yeah. we're resetting that universe. Uh, I mean, it kind of did. It kind of did. I, I just wish it had made more money and had carried yeah. on, basically. Yeah. I have a Dark Horse pick. Oh, Not the comic that? company. No, I was going to say, I beat, I, I beat oh, you to that one, mate. Yes, yes. Die Hard. Oh, oh, Tim. People really like some of the Die Hard sequels. I really like yeah. the third, third one. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a Die Hard 3 guy. Yeah. It, hang on, hang on. Let's just, let's, just, let's just put this in there. Is Bruce Willis coming back? Or is this a... You're not, are you, you're not doing a McLean, are you? Which is apparently I... in production. Well, apparently Bruce Willis is losing his memory. Well, might yeah. be under like dementia effects. Yeah. Oh, really? Apparently, allegedly. I mean, I mean yeah. which he... would make a lot of sense considering he has made a lot of dreck in the past few years. Yeah. There's a whole yeah article about it in a YouTube video about it analyzing yeah. his recent. Yeah. Was it like of his last twenty films, seventeen have been straight to DVD? Yeah. Or yeah. Like... Yes. So I guess it would depend on his health. Sure, you I would like it, him to be appropriately back. If I think if I think there would be room for an interesting. If you are going to be like, okay, we're only counting the first Die Hard, we're ignoring the rest. Yeah. To then have a character come back and be like, I dealt with this shit when I was, you know, in my thirties, and it like maybe fucked up the rest of my life, and or or yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. you know, you know, and 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 wipe out the kind of oh, and then one year later he happened to be at the thing and was at the airport, and you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and skip over like the ridiculous oh my son's a spy thing stuff from oh, that's, good day to yeah, die hard and yeah, stuff yeah. like that mm. and, and maybe maybe actually bring back in the family but you know do it in a better way better this way. time uh a baby gruber getting its revenge <laughs> <laughs> gruber jr but yeah i think i think i think uh yeah there, there there would be room for an interesting one there yeah, but yeah, i think know. it would i think it would rely on Bruce Willis, A, being able to take up the, the role, and B, you would actually need him to give a fuck, which seems yes. quite difficult these days. Yeah. It, again, much like Halloween and Candyman, mm. it's like, are you making this a 50%, maybe 60, 70% like Jamie Curtis coming back in yeah. that? Or are you doing like a 5 to maybe, yeah, 5% with Tony Todd yeah. in Candyman kind of thing? Which way are we going here mm. with, with the Bruce Willis thing? So I think that's interesting, yeah. Mm. Um, the other one I was going to say was Pitch Black. Mm. Dump everything. Mm, yeah. Sorry, because <laughs> the thing is, what the argument should have been statistically, as we mentioned in our in our uh, Chronicles of Riddick episode, the idea is you go Pitch Black is the only good film in that series. Pitch it from here. Yeah, yeah. that's our sequel. Yeah. Do a sequel yeah. to Pitch Black, not but uh, Chronicles of Riddick or Riddick. Bring us back to yeah. the fucking question about EPs picking things. It's like, yeah. we, we, uh, okay, we'll do it, but... <laughs> We're not happy about it. And you yeah. won't be happy with the result. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that too. Yeah, so that, a pitchback I think could be a nice one, like, considering it's now 23 years old or something like that. God, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah, that's... Yeah, 99, uh, isn't it? I think, I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go, that's a, that's a good answer, though. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think the, the, the problem with Riddick is that it's such a Vin Diesel thing, and he is now at a point where like the film that he makes would not be good no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you need you would almost need to be like we're gonna bring back pitch black but we're also gonna like it wouldn't work without vin diesel but also it wouldn't work with vin diesel now agree no and um, yeah that's fair you'd have to pass it off to he'd have to be such a supporting really... role as well yeah yeah more universe stuff sure but not him yeah anyway next question kind of tying off what we were just talking about 
What are your most and least favorite things about doing the podcast? And I'll kick this off with kind of what I touched on just now. Mm. I've watched a bunch of really cool movies because of this show. Mm. Uh. I discovered The Crow because of sequelizers. <laughs> and I fucking love The Crow. I've gone off and read some of the comics and I talked about, you know, mm. Crow in Japan and shit. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Discovering things that have been on my like to watch list for like mm. 15 years and going like, I actually have to watch it now. I have a reason to actually force myself to sit down for an hour or two and actually watch this film and pay yeah. attention and shit and i'll just be like oh, i'll stick it on in the background while i cook or something and actually like properly like take notes yeah. and really digest something mm. that i can almost guarantee is good and then also watching some of the infamously shit sequels mm. i've heard yeah. like i hadn't seen speed 2 until we did speed 2 and been like <laughs> i have heard so fucking much about this mm. movie i was like oh my god that gif is from speed 2 that scene yeah. is from speed oh that line is from speed 2 all that mm crazy shit it's just like mm -hmm. being able to enjoy both the good and bad things from cinematic history that i've not been aware of or not had a chance to to see in the past i think it's one of my favorite things for That's sure fair. i was i was feeling you some... don't have that you've seen them all already <laughs> it's true um i have I... we covered a film you've not seen before yeah probably think... <laughs> and that's you said probably is in like no absolutely yeah, not I don't think we've yet. we've talked about it on like i've seen stuff and tim's seen stuff on what we've watched recently because you haven't got around to it yet yes that's true yes but something we've covered on the main seasons i don't think is anything you had not seen before no no not yet i hate no you. sorry yeah i mean i think that like it would have to be something on the fern gully 2 level it would have to be like a director vhs probably animated sequel that you would have that I have yeah. difficulty acquiring or It'd just be like this shit's Al Alpha and Omega 3 or something. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Um, weirdly enough, I was talking to, I uh, was, was filming with Stuart um, Ashens for you people uh, on Sunday, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, in fact, uh, over the weekend. And he mentioned sequelizers again about how, because this year is the 50th, it's 2022 is the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Yeah. Mm. And people on the set, we were talking about how like, um, you know, oh, I've only just seen The Godfather. It's fantastic. I'm like, yeah, of course it is. And Stuart said, yeah, I only watched it first time because it was on the sequelizers. And mm. it was like, mm. meant to get around it. And yeah, confirmed it was amazing. And you're like, yeah, because like, that's the thing. The show does open doors to yeah. horrific pieces of shit. But it's like... I watched Son of the Mask twice because of this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also we have watched God, The yeah, Godfather. Yeah, yeah, like yeah precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and not just in the main season, I would say, at least for myself. Oh, interseason there's, especially, yeah. There's interseason stuff where we'll pick a topic and it will push me to... It's usually like, oh, I've meant to watch that for ages, and now yes. I will finally watch it, and then I'll turn it into one of my recommendations for like a, a topic that we're, yeah, we're discussing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think having that push to do stuff was at least and best things about doing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. The thing, speaking for myself, with my like ADHD riddled brain, editing is the worst because I, if you're editing, all you can do is edit. Like, agreed. You can't you have to focus. You, yeah. it, it requires focus and you can't like typically when I'm doing something, I'm doing two things. Me too. Um, like I will listen to a podcast and do something else or yes. watch something and mm. do something and, else. Yeah. And, and yeah. be like looking at my phone as well. Music's or, on in the background while I'm doing this thing or whatever. E exactly. Totally yeah. there, Tim. Whereas editing, like it requires your visual focus. It requires your auditory focus. That's all it is. Yeah. Sit down and get it done. It uh, also takes like five hours an episode. Yeah. If yeah. if not longer. <laughs> if not longer. That that's being yeah. like that's a fairly neat two and a half hour episode of sequelizers yeah. where yeah. 
like general rule, double the runtime of the episode for the editing. Yeah. And then you've got all the like, oh, I need to go and find the EP clips and stuff. And that's yeah. if it's straightforward edit like the end of season. Yes. If it's the main season and we're also clipping out the outtakes, things and everything else. Yeah. It's more complex. Clipping out yeah. outtakes and adding in the EP little Precisely, shout outs in yeah. the beginning and stuff. Yeah. So to put it in perspective, I that's mine as well, Tim. Yeah. Absolutely. Just because it takes up so much time. And like you said, you can't do anything else while you're doing that. So, so many things, like I said, I, I watch stuff while I cook all the time. Mm, so I do yeah. most of the cooking in our household. Mm. So I will have my phone like propped up on the side. I have mm. a little, my phone case has a little stand for a reason. So mm. I can have it like on the yeah. kitchen side. But oh, I'll watch like I watched like the last few episodes of The Expanse mm. on my phone while I was cooking and then watch like the last two like, right, I need the big screen. Yeah. Uh, there's certain <laughs> moments where I'm like, I need to watch this on the TV. But so many things I'll just catch up. Oh, I'm watching a YouTube video or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I'll like, have it propped up in the corner and doing yeah. stuff. But when you're editing, like you said, I am in the spare room. Toothless needs to fuck off. Emma needs to fuck off. <laughs> and I am sat there for two or three hours mm. at a time staring into that screen and being like, mm. nope. Oh, I said, um, edit that out. <laughs> oh, Tim said, uh, get rid of that. Yeah. Matt coughed. Matt coughed. Matt coughed. Matt coughed again. <laughs> Matt coughed. Matt coughed again. Uh, yeah, and it's such a detail-oriented thing, and they require so much focus. And the amount of like, no, I can't go out. Sorry, I've got to edit a podcast. Mm. And people are like, oh wow, you do a podcast? That's so cool. Because I have a fairly new job. A lot of people are like, oh wow, you podcast? That how interesting. I'm like, not as effective as it sounds. It sounds like, oh wow, you have a every fucker has a podcast these days. Granted, we've been doing it for five years mm. on this show, and a lot longer for all mm. of us as well. Half a we've, decade. Yeah. We've also all been doing it for much longer than just sequelizers. Mm, true. But you don't hear about the unsexy side of it. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, we have this great community of Discord people and we get to watch all these cool films and like it's a creative outlet for us because we get to write mm. and rewrite shit films and turn them into hopefully good things and hang out with like two mm. of our best friends and just talk about movies and stuff. Mm. But you're also like, yeah, I can't, I, I can't see my family tonight because I need to edit the podcast. It has mm. to be up on Friday. And I've got no time now because we're fairly tight on the schedule. So, uh, no, I can't do that. Or I don't have time to do this or whatever <laughs> it is. I'm just like, I've got three evenings in a row of just two hours at a time sitting yep. down, staring yep. at a screen, which I also do for work. So I'm like, yeah. I've spent 15 hours staring at a computer screen today. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just to segue perfectly from that. Uh, most favorite recording and getting to chat films. Yeah. Chance Yay. to talk about movies. Fuck. Yes. Recording is always fun. Always fun. Like always. even. The, the only time it's not fun is when One we were running. when we were remote oh, and yeah, technical yeah. problems would would like lead to delays. We, and shit. we have a question about that in a moment. Yeah, well. mm. um, we'll touch on that in more detail. Least favorite again, editing and uh, ever creeping deadlines. Yep, um, I Common do a deadlines. sumo wrestling podcast, which is a, a, a little worse because it's sports, mm. which means you have to do it on the day and it has to be done by the evening. Yeah, which is a different kind of demand. But even then, it's like, that's by, by sheer grace alone uh, of how the sumo uh, works. It's only two weeks every other month. Yeah. So it's, it's not as high maintenance yeah. as this. The, the saving grace for this and the format and everything is that for the most part, when, when we're in, when everything's going smoothly, we can build up ahead of steam and mm. we can have a decent chunk of time yes. that A, gives us time to edit and B, means we're not staring down deadlines true but it doesn't always work like that <laughs> very true but but when it works well we have we have some a period a grace period 
Precisely. Uh, which obviously you can't do with your sumo show because you're reacting to stuff and then you yeah. need to get it up there because otherwise you're talking about stuff that happened two weeks ago. That, that's yep. exactly it, yeah. Same thing for Search for the Candor as well. We record that yeah. on a Wednesday and it goes up on the Monday. Yeah. That is the schedule. That does not deviate. That there is. We, we even do Mark does on the show. Recorded on Wednesday the 16th of March 2022. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. As his little intro. Mm -hmm. And then it goes up the following Monday. And we'll see you next week on Monday the mm. 28th of March. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, great. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Like I can't miss that deadline. Mm -hmm. like, ignoring the fact that I, I am now paid to do that. So it's like <laughs> extra pressure. Mm. It's part of my day job. And if I fuck it up, the owner of the company will have a go at me. <laughs> it's like <laughs> extra pressure there. But yeah. It's nice that we aren't a topical podcast that we can get four, six weeks ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Ideally, that would be lovely. That's what we aim for is to be a few weeks ahead of ourselves so we have that breathing room. If there is a technical hitch in an edit or we've got to go away and do something or Just one of us life. is ill or whatever it is, life yeah. gets in the way, exactly. Life uh, finds a way. Then <laughs> we have that breathing room to be like, okay, we're four weeks ahead of ourselves. We can afford to lose a week because whatever reason mm. we're still three weeks ahead of ourselves that's fine we've got yeah. that breathing room blah 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 mm. but it's that constant back and forth of we think we have some breathing room and then i'll have a family thing and then matt's ill and then tim's got a family thing mm. and then i'm ill and it's like well that's the breathing room gone yeah, yeah. enough that one or we, two of us have a thing and it's like well we're we're recording on wednesday and it goes up on Friday. <laughs> I think the closest we had was a Tuesday to Friday recording. That's the tightest we've ever had it. I don't think we've had it recently. We've that had was, it in the old that days. Was the inter, that was an interseason, last interseason, I want to say. Something like that. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah, it definitely we, wasn't we, a main, main season thing. Yeah, I think we've got a lot better than it was during the early days. And, you know. Uh, hey, during the early days, I was the only editor. Well, yeah, that, without, that was also the early, early yeah, days. Without chatting shit about our um, previous former hosts and things like that. They're a bunch of cowards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very much a battle arena and we're the last three men standing. Yeah. Because just because just of life pressures and moving around all mm, very things. I have kids. Stuart need to make a film. Yeah. Tom moved away. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, well, oh, where are you going back to? It's like, because it's too difficult sometimes yeah. and yeah. we are able it's, to do this and we share difficult the enough, enough to coordinate the three of us and any of you who do podcasts I know plenty of our listeners do their own podcasts mm -hmm. or even try to like have a board games night mm -hmm. or a social a thing night, a D &D, or anything. play D&D D&D yeah. &D is the, the, the meme of the D&D yeah. &D yeah, like, yeah. oh wow when I grow up I'm going to have all this free time and cash and stuff I can buy all the D&D &D books <laughs> and do whatever I like like the real challenge is you'll never get four of your friends in the same room ever again. Yeah. <laughs> no! like, yeah, it's that whole thing. It's difficult enough to get the three of us with our schedules and our mm. families and all this bollocks together in the same room at the same time, let alone adding another person when we do like guests for the live streams and stuff. Yeah. We have, we have lost guests because they couldn't do a specific date because we were all available on that Saturday. And they said, oh, could you do the Sunday? I was like, Oh, we can't do the Sunday. Two of us mm. can't do the Sunday. Yeah. And we need at least two of us plus a guest to make it thing. Mm. Otherwise, it's a weird show that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, no, we can't do that. Or, or they're unavailable on the weekend that would be the last weekend of the thing. It's, it's difficult scheduling. Scheduling and editing is for sure the most difficult yeah. part of it. Which, yeah, it's, it's the reality of what we do. Also, because of, in previous formats, we've done it in huge hiatuses and gaps. We've, we've worked, I'm not saying sucking myself off here. We work very hard to make sure we've not missed a deadline, basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think everyone appreciates it. I think the listeners are genuinely like, happy and impressed mm. by that, considering, you know, the pandemic didn't mm. fucking stop us. Yeah. We've had, yeah. We've had a, few, a few episodes go late for Patreon supporters, yep. but they've mm. always been before. They're always advanced. They're always, they're always, yeah. they're always early, if mm. not as early as we hope they would be. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of our 
like Tuesday drops have always been here. I don't yes. think we've missed that. No, apart from the dark times that we don't talk about. Yes, yes. precisely. We don't talk about. Them. Let's yeah. let's I move on. Happened. Let's move on to to funner things. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to a fun enough kind of what we just touched on. Question from Zenos, hello, hey. one of the other executive producers. Are you finding it weird being back recording in person? I appreciate it's how you were doing things up until the pandemic started, but as you've said before, I believe you recorded more episodes remotely than you had being in the same room as each other due yeah, to scheduling changes. Yeah, we worked this out. We did the maths a little while ago. It was like a couple of months ago at this point, and before we came back to being in person. I think when we were talking about, oh my God, can we record in person again? We get <laughs> three of us in the same room for the first time in, fuck, two years, really, mm. Jesus Christ. There was that moment we realized, like, what was the last thing we recorded? It was Prometheus. Yeah. Mm. That is a decade ago. Oh my <laughs> God. I can't even, rem- I barely remember that episode. That was yeah. like season six. We're about to do season 10. I made cakes. Yeah, you did. Oh my God. Yeah. How weird. I say made. <laughs> <laughs> you gave us cakes. Constructed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, it's on the Patreon bonus episode if, if you're able to find them. Uh, if not, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was the Prometheus outtakes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It was such a weird thing for us to be like, so we've gone weekly and we've been doing weekly episodes basically throughout the pandemic and we hadn't been doing weekly previously. So, and we had the dark times. So <laughs> we've actually done more episodes, the three of us over Zoom than we have done yeah. the rest of the show mm. combined. The previous five seasons added up was yeah. like two seasons of us doing this yeah. weekly. It's like, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's a lot of remote episodes. Mm. But to jump in there, I much prefer recording in person. Oh, it's personally. infinitely better. Absolutely, so better. yeah. Just the fact it, that we get to hang out and chat and stuff because yeah. Yeah. chatting over Zoom is just weird and also yeah. very played out in 2022. Just that moment there where, where Tim was about to speak and Jack jumped in. Do you think it's yeah. natural flow and both of you pick up on the cues. Mm. That shit on Zoom, <laughs> fucking bad. Yeah, but, and yeah. the fucking, you touched on earlier, Tim, the technical difficulties. Mm. God, the fucking delays so we're dealing with. Like, I would be two and a half seconds behind you guys. I would go to jump in with something and I couldn't, which is kind of what I do a lot of the time on this show. Mm. I have a lot of like, oh, one little, like sarcastic little one-liners yeah. or whatever. That's kind of <laughs> my thing. Couldn't do that on Zoom. There w- so there, there would be entire like 25 minute stretches where I just wouldn't talk because yeah. I know I'm on a delay. And I'll yeah. be like, we established a hand signals thing, which we now do in person as well. Mm. Um, we've t- we've talked about that before. Thank you, Matthew. Matt just put his, just flipped us the bird. It's a hand signal. What's your problem? It is a hand signal. <laughs> so yeah, when we, uh, and I've now established some other podcasts I've been on and now host with like, like Search for mm. Candor I mentioned earlier. If you want to jump in with a topic, basically that person will finish their thought or finish their sentence and then you can jump in with the thing that bounces off of that. Mm. And it works really well for us, I think. It's really helped our flow so we're not talking over the top of each other and, and all that kind of stuff. That really, really helped over Zoom. And it still works in person, don't mm. get me wrong, but I think it is essential to Zoom recording. Yeah. Because it is so difficult, if there is a delay, to know that you have a delay until it's too fucking late and you're talking over each other. Oh, you, uh, you sounded fine to me. I mean, but... No, no, Jack, you're like you're like three seconds behind. Like, and we would Ding. do that. We would do the hand test, yeah. So we would have a little thing where Matt would <laughs> hold up his hand and say "ding," the one, two, three, "ding," and flick up your hand. Yeah. And we would see how quickly Tim and I would react to it. And I would be like, "Yeah, cool, I nailed that." And you'd be like, "Oh, Jack's just gone like fuck." <laughs> I'm yeah. three seconds yeah. behind you guys. It would literally be like, "Okay, ready, ready, hands down." I'm gonna put a hand up. Ready? It's like three, two, one. Ding, and they'd be like literally as a typical digitalized. I'd be Tim would go ding, and Jack would go ding, <laughs> so, ding, ding, 
Ding. <laughs> and so, and then Tim and I would make a face, and, and I'd be like, "Got yeah, it, right?" Great. <laughs> <laughs> go sort of slow, shake our heads, and go, "Fuck!" I don't fucking miss those. And I know we mm. had this conversation not too long ago because I was like, "Are we going into another lockdown? Like, oh, what's, yeah, what's yeah, the fucking yeah. hell's going on here? Yeah. What are we? Oh no, we're gonna have to go back to Zoom recordings or yeah. I mean, some it's, fucking thing. Oh god, it's good to know that we can do we that. Have the ability, to. we have yeah. the ability. Yes. To we've it. got the equipment. We've got. We've each got now, thanks to Zoom meetings and stuff that we had to do before, a little recording thing. We've got an individual mic that we now take home with us. Mm. It's not all sat in Matt's spare room and we'd have to be like, yep. oh, I have to record on my laptop mic or some bollocks. We're now mm. like equipped and ready to go. And it helps with the live streams as well because mm. that's all remote because our guests are remote. So it makes sense yes, that course. we're then yeah. applying the same logic there, I guess. Yes, because otherwise it would be three of us crowded around a single webcam uh, <laughs> in Matt's room, I guess. I've had plenty, <laughs> of, I've had plenty of work meetings like that where yeah. people are crammed around meeting desks and it's like me on there and they're like, hey, everyone. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> on the other end of a long like <laughs> boardroom meeting table type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think we universally agree, mm. right? Recording in person is and, much easier, much more fun. Oh, yeah. And I think better. Xenos asked, like, was it weird? And I think it was weird for about 90 seconds and yeah. then it was back yeah. to normal and it and was like oh my god it's it, so nice i can't stress I mean, okay so so i obviously i think same for both but all of us pandemic fear just a lot of caution and hmm. um uh and just trepidation and just being very very cautious all, all three of us were pretty like on on the cautious side of things oh, yeah. you know like very obviously so. we went Jack- remote before a lot of other podcasts did and i yeah. know yes for like jobs and stuff a lot of businesses held out as long as they could mm. yeah fuck that we didn't no we i think we recorded prometheus in like beginning of march or something like that and it was yeah, like sure. we had a two-week break and the lockdown happened on like the 23rd of march or something yeah, yeah. we were like we know this is coming so mm-hmm. let's just get ready to record remote yeah yeah and obviously and, emma your fiance works in healthcare yeah. um yeah. You know, she so. she established the covid ward at our at the norwich hospital yeah so yeah literally so, set it up yeah from scratch as one of the managers there so mm-hmm. it's like if you need up-to-date fucking covid numbers <laughs> i know a person <laughs> <laughs> oh it's real bad if she says yeah it's real bad i'll be like okay right yeah we we need to and we basically had for want of a better phrase like a town meeting of sequelizers, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to work this out. Yeah, because there's no point. I mean, you talk about those deadlines and things. There's no point in us doing this, and uh, we don't want to sort of threaten any of us getting ill. But it's mm. also like from a very a purely selfish corporate mindset that puts us all behind. Yep. So mm. going off with COVID two or three weeks, like, nah, fuck that shit, can't be doing it. So mm. it's just another factor of, of but, but yeah. So am I right in saying I'm the only one of the three of us that's actually had COVID? Yes, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, as far as, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was unavoidable. You were going to get it though, and I had it before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. Jack, well, I had it. Uh, I've never, never I've cool. never had a positive COVID test in my life, but I had it early March 2020. Yeah, and a colleague, at a place I used to work at, was keeping it as vague as possible. Went to Laos and then came back from Laos, and then oh, was just coughing all over the place. And I was oh, like, lovely, fuck's yeah. sake! And me and, an- travel. and another colleague of mine. Both got really ill at that point and got really right. bad coughs and stuff. I got a 40 degree fever and was vomiting all over the place and shaking. Yeah. And I was really ill for like two or three days. Thankfully, when I'm ill, it usually is very intense, but very short. Mm. That seems to be how my mm. body, body works for whatever I think reason. mine's the same, but I have like lasting symptoms that seem to take yeah. stay forever. Yeah. yeah. So that happened That's to me. That's just called being over 30, man. Yeah. Hey. I, I, had this, I had this before <laughs> any lockdowns or anything like that. So mm. this is... I, I'm a COVID hipster, basically. <laughs> and 
I went to the GP and everything. Like I was barely able to stand, and I was shaking, and I was like, yeah. "It could be COVID, but we don't know." But this is before so we went, we definitely infecting everybody. Be- before the lockdowns shit. and all this, like we don't know how infectious it is. So yeah. we went to the walk-in center. Of course, Emma and her mom <laughs> went there, and he was like, "So if you stick some vapor rub in the shower and then run a really hot shower, that'll clear you right out." I'm like, "Wow, what? What about my forty-degree fever and projectile vomiting?" He's like, "You seem all right." I'm like, "Wow, brilliant, thanks." I've have I've had universally terrible experiences oh with my GPs God. my entire life, basically. Then Emma got COVID like a couple of weeks later, and she had the opposite symptoms where she lost all sense of taste and smell, was really like lethargic, and it dragged out for like six to eight weeks and all this kind of shit. Yeah. I had no smell or taste issues at all. I just had a really fucking bad fever for like three days, and then I was fine. But colleague went to Laos, and then like four days later, it was like, no travel zones are China. Laos. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. Why? Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. And it was literally, so we had a business downstairs in our flat building. The, the ground floor is an office. And they put up posters in the lobby of our fucking building where we live that said, like, if you've recently traveled or been in contact with anyone who's been in China or Laos, please do not enter this building. I'm like, tough. I, I, tough <laughs> shit. I live here. Like, I'm not going in your office. I'm just going upstairs. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. That was a whole thing. So. Yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> yeah, so we we had some hesitance when we came back in the room because we were still like, mm-hmm. but then literally again, cannot stress this. I trust these two, and we played mm. it safe as well. We're we we're so socially safe. distanced now. We're, we are. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true. Yeah, the fact that we don't all bundle up, ignoring the fact that that's the best option mm. for audio as well. That's true. The mm. further apart we are, but we can still communicate with each other and see each other is better because you're not hearing each other in each other's mics as much yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But it helps the fact that. I couldn't reach over and touch Tim right now, and I also mm. can't touch Matt. So there's mm. an element of social um, distancing there. I can touch Matt. Also, we do make out before each session. That's, so that's that is a problem. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, slippy mouth time is different, Tim. <laughs> that's a tradition. <laughs> that predates the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> that was when good that, times was the, the five way slippy mouth time. Yeah. Come on, man. Have some respect for traditions. <laughs> I, hate, I, hate you. I hate you, Matthew. What's the next question, Jack? Uh, also from Xenos, now we've completed the MCU special trilogy from our Patreon stretch goal. Yeah. There are obviously two other goals on the Patreon, but there are ways off. We know we're planning the Star Wars prequels for the 1,000 <laughs> per month milestone. The now beloved Star Wars prequels. <sighs> I hate that opinion has swapped around on that because people hate the sequels. Anyway, are there any other franchises the three of you are thinking about saving for, for potential future stretch goals? Now that you're well over halfway to that point. I have an answer. So do I. Ooh, go on. I I, I sort of don't, but I sort of do. My thought is, again, along the prequels kind of line. Oh, okay. The Hobbit. Interesting. Because I think they're shit. Oh, they're they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume that would be, again, a a, a, maybe a prequelizer-z kind of. Yeah. But in terms of like a stretch goal. It's a big, Billy Big Bollocks do two films. Don't do three Hobbit movies. No. No. Argue you do one, but because <laughs> the book is like yeah. 300 pages long or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I would argue you do two Hobbit movies as a big prequelizer special, a la the Mortal Kombat's yes. or, the, or the Hogwarts epic. Yes. However, you want to describe mm. those episodes see, and I, do something like that. Yeah. See, I think if I, if I was just deciding how I would want to do the Hobbit, I would say do the Hobbit as a TV series. Oh, oh sure. Because yeah. it's, ep- it's an episodic book. Yeah. Yeah. It would make much more sense that way. Fair, fair. Because it works like vignettes almost, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. These little 
kind of mini adventures in a big yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like this episode, it's the thing with the trolls. Yeah, and this and episode, a nice it's little song every episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, this oh, episode, yeah. it's riddles in the dark. This episode, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, Smart, smart, smart. I, I, I agree with that. You ready for the Tom Bombadil double bell? <laughs> Hard pass. No, you're not. <laughs> How about you, Matt? No, no. That's my answer. I don't, th- I don't, I think the MCU is such a, like, the classic question we get is like, are you going to do a DC one? Mm. And the answer is no, primarily because DC isn't. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment, anyway. It's such a weird, t- we couldn't do it at the minute because DC is not a whole thing. Mm. It's a very reactionary course correction, constantly all over the place kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it'd be a cool thing to talk about DC movies as a whole, yeah. including the Richard Donner stuff and the Tim Burton and all the other mad DC things in general. Mm. Which which we have done in the but we've done yeah we've done uh Batman Forever it's yeah Superman yeah. three yeah in the past like, we've covered a lot of these things yeah, yeah. exactly it, but but it's like the DCU is not the same as the MCU as much as we want to be because mm. it's not it's never been a fully formed thing and almost more importantly it's not as enduring or uh industry changing mm. so our ways of like how would you fix it it's like pick a fucking lane to start with. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I fixing? The stuff that would have started with it or fix the end? How do I fix it? Like, yeah, make it more like, like Shazam. Where... I can't with what to start with. So, yeah. yeah. Where, where do you put the start? Where do you put the finish? Mm. Where do you, yeah, yeah. What do you include? Yeah. You know, is the Batman a DCEU film? Is yeah. Birds of Prey a DCEU film? See, see, arguably no, until the Flash film and then maybe, oh, well, yes. Yeah. Who and knows? Everything is. And then Batman 89 might be. Uh, mm. Precisely. Yeah. And yeah. on top of all that, we have also talked for for fucking hours about half of the DC stuff in the well, the, the full mm. one you know, EDCU things of the Snyderverse in the Justice League episode. So mm. we have covered a lot of it already. Yeah. Is my answer. So, yeah. Two things we've already covered, well, uh, ish. James Bond is another one. We've already done interesting episodes about yeah. that in a two parter to kind of cover the two like older era and modern era sides of James Bond. So if that's piqued your interest, listeners, go and listen to those. They're old interseason episodes from previous interseasons. Mm-hmm. And Thinking about how we could do something different would be something like one of the big horror franchises. I also had that thought. Yeah, that was I, my... I don't give enough of a shit about Friday the 13th or any of those fucking yeah, yeah. Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street 17 or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, We mentioned the Halloween, Jonathan Verclark mentioned the Halloween mm. reboot call mm. thing or whatever. Here's how I would like to do it. And this is like big, you know, big picture, Billy Big Bollocks type stuff. Sure. Is we would have to do like an entire like mini season essentially of one franchise mm. and we would go like jack matt tim jack matt tim and sequelize each other going through mm. so we'd oh, have okay, like okay. you have friday the 13th part 1 jack you're doing part 2 matt you're doing part 3 tim you're doing part 4 mm. and we're going like to maintain continuity you have to maintain continuity and sequelize right, each right, other right, appropriately right, right, right. if i've cast this person you now need to keep that person or kill yeah. them unless they die or kill them off or whatever yeah. But if you kill them off in part three, then Matt can't have them in part four, etc., etc., etc. Doing a J.J. Yeah. Abrams and saying, I didn't like what you did there. I'm going to change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just Ryan Johnson, that Abrams, and Abrams, that Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know we talked about that. That's potentially what we would do with the prequels is each sure. of the three of us would pick a prequel to do. Mm. And then we have to maintain continuity across the three of us. Yeah. That is, again, kind of similar to what we did with the MCU stuff where we mm. kind of yeah, painted the, the, the wider yes. picture of the fixes yeah, we were we making tried, stuff like that. Like we didn't end up having too much crossover in our fixes. No. But 
we did we we didn't deliberately uh like undermine each other or or uh, no. you know the closest we came to sabotage was putting Elon Musk in Iron Man 2 as Jack's pick for everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking Elon Musk yeah so yeah, yeah I, I think I yeah. think that 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 leapt to mind for me as well for something that would be appropriate as a stretch goal that people might be interested in seeing yeah because there's obviously a lot of horror fans the horror fans you know really care about that um, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and yeah, something that has the the scale of an MCU, maybe not quite the scale, but like that feels significant enough to make a stretch goal. I yeah, think that's the thing. Is the thing yeah. because we could, you know, we could pick any other film that we we just really want to fix, but yeah. it's not quite. You you want it to be something substantial, something that would get people interested. Precisely. And and I think because of the nature of the DCEU, the fact that we've already done Bond as its own thing in the interseason, like those types of things are few and far between mm-hmm. um and especially for something that we could then tackle yeah definitely although i did just have an idea just while i was just my eyes like ran across matt's dvd collection Uh-oh. we take all the fake sequels from the 21 slash 22 jump street oh, series oh wow that they have at the end of 22 jump street oh my god and we do a pitch for each of them <laughs> Jesus contract dispute what contract dispute I mean, <laughs> <all the time. laughs> i'm glad you're back man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. interesting moving on to the next question nice little quick one here hopefully yeah how many sequels it's too many sequels in well, like franchise terms i've got a definite answer to that one <laughs> i wrote it down no limit as long as the writing is good i i just said five because fuck you fucking else i i think it, <laughs> i think it depends on what you're doing i just made that number up. i like number five <laughs> I, I agree. With, it, it depends. Is the, I mean, the actual put it answer? This way. Yeah, the MCU again. Yeah, I think if yeah. you try, Argument. if you're trying to tell a single cohesive story with a series, oh, one character, one story kind of thing. Yeah, or even Eesh. like one group of characters, but sure, one story. sure, sure. Once you get beyond three, it becomes difficult because just people forget stuff. Also, uh, if, and it if becomes... you've structured your story in like a three act structure yes you then got into act four and it's like okay it's the natural you're just redoing act one but with younger characters now it's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah." i think if you have a more episodic series so something like a star trek a james bond a mission impossible then it is easier to keep that train going as long as you have decent writing decent directing decent acting etc etc i think yeah it, it depends on what you're trying to do yeah i think again horror struggles with this because most horror films start off as very distinct. Like, here is a single story, and then maybe we'll do a thing in the last 30 seconds that could be like, oh, it's not quite over. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Uh, are, they, are they really dead? And horror films often, as we talked about before, make shitloads of money because they're so low budget. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, but there, there's also... You can then justify a sequel. It's like, well, it made loads of money. Like, but then okay. there's... For every horror film that has no budget and makes a load of money, there's a horror film... There's, there's a dozen horror films that have no budget and disappear without oh, a choice. Sure. That is true. Um, so, like, I think, yeah, horror is a tricky one because they... It kind of wants to be episodic it kind of wants to tell a story but the the person that you end up following usually ends up being the antagonist and then that to take like nightmare on elm street as an example you end up turning freddy krueger into a protagonist kind of jigsaw the same sort of yeah thing. exactly yep, yep. so i think horror struggles with that because it's very rare that you get a horror film where they're like oh we're going to make four of these like you are guaranteed to make four of these you know and then and then it will end or or whatever or it's usually cuz horror is based on a concept rather than a person 
Yeah. Arguably. So, I mean, it, in the, in the universal what is a thing that scares you rather than... Precisely. <clears throat> and the more you learn about it, the less scary it is. So, of course, yeah. the more you break yeah. it down, it's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I kind of want to fuck it. That's, that tends to be the evolution of horror. Yeah. It goes from, ah, to... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think for horror, really, the answer should be none. There should be no horror sequels. Sure. You should just do Ooh. one-off horror films. Don't disagree with that. Um, yeah. Pissing off a lot of horror fans. Strong. Right now, but... Yeah. yeah. But uh, for for everything else, it depends on. There's Mastercard. There's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, as I say, writing is key because again, I every time I'm thinking to myself, nah, you couldn't do that, and I'm like, yeah, Mission Impossible yeah. Six is great though. It it also depends what you how you think of sequels because this is true. Like you can have a a trilogy from I don't know the 80s or something that worked really well as a unit. And then you come back 20 years later in the 2000s mm. uh, and tell a story about, I don't know, those characters' kids or something with like two of the original cast back. And Creed. Have a, and ha- yeah, exactly. Creed mm. is a perfect, a perfect example. Creed's fucking massive. Because you could point at Rocky movie. and go like, why the fuck were there so many Rocky films? But then Creed comes along, is a great film, yeah. is, works in that series, but is so distinct from them but it's also definitely a sequel. It's yeah, like, yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah, as I say, I think that, I think it's, it's very hard to put like a number on it, but Toy Story 4 shouldn't have been made. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it's fantastic, but it shouldn't be a thing. Agreed. Along similar sort of lines, let's hear a question from Gadget from Modern Escapism. Hello. Who was a guest on one of our live streams. We talked about Denevil Nerve. It was delightful. Denevil <laughs> Nerve is fucking spectacular. And the Modern Escapism boys, are fantastic. And Agreed. Candy Machine as well. We just didn't get a chance to meet her. We hung out with the dudes. True. Yeah. Anyway, Gadget says, are there any first films that are terrible but have great sequels you'd want to cover? And Matt, you touched on one right there. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mission Impossible 1. Ah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Mission Impossible 2. Not great. Mission Impossible 3. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. 4, 5, 6. Yes, fucking please. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation and Fallout are fucking brilliant. They're the best three of those six. It's mad. I think it's it's very rare that you have a bad film that then leads to a good or great sequel. The opposite Usu- of the original sequelizers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We fix you- the good sequels to bad movies. Usually, it's if if it does happen, it's that the first one was good and then the sequel goes to great. Yeah, like because sure, sure. I think like Mission Impossible, you go like, yeah, the first one's yeah, the first yeah. one's pretty good, yeah, pretty and good. you know, second one's worse. Third one I like, but that you one, know, yeah, yeah. and then and then oh wow, now these have got really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. But they like they very rarely, even Mission Impossible Two. You wouldn't necessarily say it's bad. It's just completely average. Yeah, there to me is one very distinct answer, but it's kind of a bullshit answer, mm-hmm. and that's Star Trek. I've got Wrath mm. of Khan on my list. Wrath of Khan, yeah. Following the motion, the motion picture, crap. It's, uh, the boring. The director's cut is moments to it, but boring. good god. But then even that is a sequel to a TV series. Yeah. It's, it's it's established universe stuff. So yeah, and Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is, better, Khan is also yeah. a sequel to an episode. Exactly. Yeah. So and again, not the, really the motion pictures. Yeah. Well, so that one yeah. I think is one of the best examples of like the first one is like ah fuck me. The two is like yes. Which interestingly is, and we touched on this before when we did our Star Trek episode, when you fixed Star Trek V yeah. way back in the day, it's way more common in something like video games. Because often with a, the first game, you get a establishing of a concept or building of some mechanics and you mm. get, there's a genesis of an interesting idea there. But 
In the second one, they actually learn how to use the engine properly mm. and tell stories with these characters and all this kind of stuff. Your beloved series, Mr. Matthew Stogden, Assassin's Creed is a perfect example of this. Sure. First one is like, hey, it was interesting. It did something different. It was, it was pretty good for the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. It handles like a bag of shit and there's lots <laughs> of like random fetch quests and you just walking and listening to I think people it's old talk enough to be stuff. considered retro gaming. Though. Oh, <laughs> I withered and died into a skeleton. It's two I consoles you. ago. <laughs> uh, and then Assassin's Creed 2, it's like, oh my God, yeah. this is a fucking step up. Portal 1 is like amazing, brilliant idea. It's like two hours long. It's a great little mm. puzzle game. Yes. Portal 2, one of the best games ever made. Mm. Brilliant story, brilliant ideas, takes everything you liked about Portal and steps it up to the next level mm. in every possible way. Very much like you were saying earlier, mm. Tim. It's like, oh, it's fine. Come on. Yes, mm. first one's good. It's fine. <laughs> mm. Second one, fucking brilliant. That happens way more and is much more mm. of a trope in video games. But I think we do see it a lot in films as well. We've touched on the Fast and Furious franchise as yeah. well. The, the franchise yeah. that fixes itself five movies in. Like, <laughs> one, eh, two is bad. Mm. I like three more than two. Four is bad. Five and six, five and six are great. Yep. Yeah. Seven, yeah, seven, eight, nine. I think there's actually a strange example of this in earlier superhero films in that there was a belief in Hollywood that the most important story is the origin story. Mm. And then finally people got to the whole like, hang on, we don't have to worry about dealing with the origin story bullshit. There's a really interesting story you can tell with these established characters. And like, yeah. yes, that's that's <laughs> what they've been fighting for this whole time to get this, you mm. know, Feige's been trying to get this MCU sort of thing off the ground to get this point where you're like, great, I know the characters, give me the rest of the story. The origin is in fact, mm. I mean, it's like, like with, with the Batman, yes, it's kind of an origin sort of because it's in early days of mm. him being Batman and reintroducing us as audience members. It's not his origin. No. It's not him like deciding to do this for the first not time. Not even year one, it's year two. Year two, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that's the point. It's like we know the better stories for these types of characters are there. Can't believe we've had two fucking Fantastic Four origin stories when the origin is like the least interesting oh, thing about the Fantastic nothing, Four. Nothing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a like classic, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four is a perfect example. Mm. Spider-Man, similar thing where you're like, I don't care he's bit by a spider. No, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's interesting because the origin isn't actually the biting by the spider, it's the Uncle Ben dying. It's the Uncle like, Ben, there's, exactly. There's drama there, Yes. whereas really, like, there's there's several superheroes where the origin is, like, the least exciting thing. Yes. And, yeah, it should just be, yeah, no, jump to, adventures. jump to the meat. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the one I had down, yeah. which, again, it doesn't really work, is... El Mariachi to Desperado. Oh, because of monies and stuff. Because of money. Yeah, mainly. that makes complete <laughs> sense. I get that. I get that. And then I'm sure at some point we'll do Once Upon a Time in Mexico. We that will. film is. I do not care for that film. Weird. Yeah. Could have been so great. Really. Uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Let's be said about the better until the episode. Next question is about movie crushes. What was your first movie crush and what is your current movie crush? Weirdly enough, I had a conversation with Jack and his fiance about this quite recently. You did, yeah. yeah. Part of a like dag do hendu thing. It was, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're organising the questions for Emma's hendu thing. It's like a Mister and Mrs. style thing for her hendu because getting married in May, mm-hmm. so preparing for all that bollocks. And we're trying to work out like what <laughs> your wedding, all that bollocks, joyful, bollocks. joyful marriage and future it, together, all that bollocks. It's just stress at the moment, Tim. We're getting ready. Have we got enough money? And it's like, we need to pay everything in like a couple of weeks. It's all, it's nothing but stress. Hey, Jack. Yeah. That stress never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the rest of your life, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've talked about this a few times. Funny enough, we touched on it on the show previously. 
My first movie crush was Evie from The Mummy. It was Rachel Weisz. Good fucking That's choice. That's a good selection. I mean, I don't judge people's tastes in, like, you know, who they want to slippy mouth with. Um, <laughs> I hate you so much, Dogden. <laughs> but, uh... Good fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's kind of become a bit of a meme now, but it's not wrong in that your sexuality is determined by how many characters you're attracted to. <laughs> and the mummy is like, is it all of them? Good work. <laughs> is it only some of them? Good work. You basically can't go wrong, so take your pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even John Hanna looks good in that oh, film. Oh, even John Hanna. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, dear. But yeah, uh, Evie in The Mummy, I think I saw that when I was... 10, probably, something mm, like that. And sure, like, sure. Hello, this is the thing. <laughs> I'm enjoying looking at this thing. <laughs> In a way, Jack here, meet at puberty. <laughs> yeah, any first movie crushes for you guys? I couldn't remember, the, like, the timeline exactly, so I threw down a few. Oh. Because I'm sure the... These Horny Tim is Tim's back. Tim's honourable mention. Oh, yeah. no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, th- I threw down a few potential options. I bet you did. Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I get what oh, you mean, man. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Mm. Also, also played by Jane Weedlin of the Go Go's. Mm. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, Tia Carrera in Wayne's World. Oh, I get that's that. one for me too, Tim. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Christina Ricci in Casper. Tim knocking on all my fucking doors here. Yeah, and uh, and the mermaids in Hook. Interesting. <laughs> I don't remember the mermaids in her comment. They're there for like 45 seconds. That's, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough. For that's, a young enough that's enough to make an impression. <laughs> they show up, they snog Robin Williams. That's it, basically. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Brilliant. Matthew, dare I ask? You absolute deviant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, mine's quite. Some, some pinhead. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. All the centipedes just fucking <laughs> peeling their skin off, and I'm like, oh, lovely. That explains a lot. Um, yeah, so basically when I was a kid, uh, grew up with those classic, you know, hanging out a fucking outside of a, a Martins or an off-license or a... Or a Martins. A, yeah, Martins. Being a, you know, a news agent. And you'd be like, have no money, couldn't do anything. You're like, who do you fancy? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's quite fit. She's uh, which one of the Spice Girls? You're like, you that kind of tell you from bollocks. London, fucking hell. Yeah, all that, all that bollocks. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have an answer. I better, I better come up with an answer. And I actually genuinely went away and thought about it. John Hannah. I mean, <laughs> oh shit. John bloody Hannah. <laughs> Wrap his legs around me like a feed bag. <laughs> Got a tone on his asshole. Oh, oh, time for some slippy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> slippy mouth as taught to me by John Hannah. Does that answer a question? It's not a bad John Hannah impression. <laughs> anyway, so... He, he likes to, to hear his own voice when, you know, I want him. But basically, um, no, I had to go away and do a lot of actual research because it was like, <laughs> it was the case of like, you know, you were talking about when I was like 12, 13, people like saying, oh. By research, do you mean crawling through your wank bank? <laughs> kind of. Ancient, and, ancient wank bank yeah, yeah. history. So basically it was the case of like, I don't know. So, I was like, oh, I love Lara Croft. Oh, yeah, she had a fucking triangular tits. <laughs> um, but basically, I had to genuinely think, no, this is going to be a serious thing. I want to get a serious answer. I'm going to go and have a think about it. Who have I fancied as a little boy and now fancy as a teenager? Who, 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 who? Can't be a 25-year-old woman. That's stupid. How do you someone my age who's going to age with me? Yes, yes, yes. Let me think. Christina Ricci was the answer. Um, because I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, that Wednesday Adams girl's cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this Casper girl is really fucking cool. And then I got to about uh, 15 years, 16 years old and Sleepy Hollow came out. And went, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, so Christina Ricci has been, and then I think when I met my wife, 
like in the first couple of months of us dating, like talk about like childhood crushes and stuff. Mm. And one of those was Christina Ricci. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. What about most recent, Jack? Most recent. See, I feel like it's... Lady Yoda. Yeah, Grogu. Yeah. He's 50 years old. Leave him alone. He's an old man. <laughs> oh, that's such a weird thing to say, but you're I, not wrong. I have a, I have a s- simple answer to that one too. Go on. Because again, I thought about it, thought like really like, oh, mm. who do I respect in my... Like, nah, it's purely a primal fucking thing. I just like mm. dark hair and tits. Sorry. Um, it's Kat Dennings. Mine is too, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just angry Jewish lady. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Oh. Wow. Uh, so I was, I was thinking like really, I was like, who, who is the most recent person who has given me like a reaction uh, in cinema? And it's <laughs> you're not supposed to be doing that in cinema. <laughs> so if they discover me, they can kick me out. But I'll finish <laughs> first. <laughs> All right, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> no, it's uh, and it is funny because we were laughing about this the other the week um, okay. about the the tweet that was like. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone who was saying like, "Oh, when when Zoe Kravitz came on the screen in the Batman, oh. a girl in my cinema audibly moaned." <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I understand." <laughs> I went to see the Batman. I was like, "Yeah, I understand that." Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a good shout. I completely respect that. <laughs> <sighs> what thirsty boys? On a completely unrelated question, what's your ideal dessert? Okay, do you guys know this one? From for, for myself, me, for yeah, me? No, 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 for you. I I I feel like we have discussed this before, but I can't that's remember. Some and weird... It's something. Suitably mattish. <laughs> it's going to be something very stogdony. Uh, the it? answer is shoe pastry. So whether that's eclairs or profiteroles or shoe buns. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have that as an entire category. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Well, it's just different shapes, isn't it? A shoe <laughs> bun is a fist, and a profiterole is a tiny little fist, and, <laughs> and, a, and, a, profit, and a clair is a long you fist. Just want, you just want to be battered to death. <laughs> just, I'm all like, by shoe like pastry. Fist, <laughs> fist-shaped pastry. Well, I want to say shaped like a dick. It's weird. It's dick and light, large balls or small balls. It's freaky. No, but yes, shoe pastry, because it's just, again, a very particular type of pastry, chocolate on top and cream inside. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. I, I will eat that until I die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put it past you, mate. I might die. I know, I know what you're like. It yeah. would happen very slowly, but you would you would they, die. They sell in lots of shops these giant pyramids of profiteroles. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll take that in a spoon. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> that spoon, cat. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is a bowl of profiteroles on an angry Jewish woman. <laughs> I mean, and a low quality JPEG. Of cat <laughs> Oh, lovely. That's an insight into what Matt would be up to right now if we weren't here recording. (laughs) (laughs) My answer, unfortunately, is fucking everything. I have a massive sweet tooth and I will eat basically any dessert you put in front of me. A baby bird? Yes. Oh, shit. If it's dipped in chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. I'll bring my vegetarian. Yeah, Yeah. I'm vegetarian. Unless you dip it in chocolate, then that's a a different matter. Then I'm eating chocolate and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Turkish delight. There's that raw pink inside. Don't know. That's that's pork. That's <laughs> raw pork. That's, that's raw pork chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the pink inside. Is the good. Eh. Yeah. yeah, I'll eat Chocolate pretty much good. pretty much any dessert you put in front of me. Shit. So you um, know, like no like key preference. I think you'd like. Oh, that's what? my peak one. I'd love to have right now. No, not especially. Interesting. I, I really do like go through phases of like, oh, I'm in the, really in the mood for a cheesecake or sure. Uh, uh, a shoe bun spin-off or whatever the fuck however let you want to wear me those try things. a different question for you then to whittle this down because i think we can get one more category would you prefer a hot dessert like a mm-hmm. sticky topped pudding or a pie i think or a cold dessert like an ice cream i know you can say both but which one would you I'm think typically is... a cold dessert there we go person. okay interesting 
typically. That's all I, I would go mm-hmm. for a cake or a cheesecake or a profiterole or a whatever. Sure. You wouldn't because I'd have them down me all first, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting over profiteroles and candanics. At, at my friend <laughs> D's wedding, uh, there were profiteroles and people were like kind of full from the dinner and I was at a table of eight and they were like, oh, all kind of full. And all the profiteroles were slid over to me. And I think I must have had at least 30. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like six to eight. No, it was 30. It was obscene. How are you the slimmest sequelizer? This is bollocks. I mean, getting on a bit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know is the answer to that question. They were delicious though. Fair. Tim, what about you? Very simple. Oh, very classy. Unlike my previous answers. <laughs> oh. Uh, vanilla cheesecake. Oh, just like no. a really good a, a New, New York, York cheesecake, a yeah. New York cheesecake, that, that, like a, yeah. or maybe like a like. I feel a, like we've talked about this before because I knew that was your answer somewhere deep so in the recesses of my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe you just got that vibe about you, classy, maybe. classy New York boy. Yeah. Mm. Occasionally, like a maybe like a lime cheesecake or oh. a lemon cheesecake. Mm, like just that. that little bit of citrus, but yeah. One I did want to shout out that I had the other day and I'd forgotten was great mm-hmm. is an Eden mess. Oh, just yeah, a little meringue, shit in a bowl, and shit in a bowl. Mm. Yeah, that's what I need. Meringue, shit in a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for for Americans, I don't know. Is it a thing in America? Eating messes? Probably not. Probably, probably not. called something. Probably, yeah, it's probably called yeah. something. It, it's called like a Minnesota a salad or something. <laughs> The Minnesota salad, a Philly hand. You had one of those? It's like it's called an eating mess. A Philly cheesesteak yeah. and a Minnesota salad, please. Like, oh yeah, God. yeah. It's exactly the same. It's just got mayonnaise on it as well. Ugh. And ranch Emma, Emma would be happy. <laughs> Emma puts mayo on fucking anything. Upset. An embarrassing amount of mayonnaise. I, I'm well aware, Matthew. I know, but I've got to say it out loud. Every time. I have to regularly top up our stocks of mayonnaise in the fridge. And we have multiple flavors of mayonnaise at any given time. We've been to a restaurant or we'd like have a cafe or thing. We're having breakfast. And I've seen your fiance send the waiter back twice because they didn't bring enough mayonnaise sachets. <laughs> I've also been in restaurants where she bought her own bottle of mayonnaise because she wasn't sure if they Christ. did mayonnaise. My fiance is white, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> She's white as fuck. She's ginger, no less. She's white. It's so spicy. It don't get more white than that. Full of mayonnaise and being ginger. That's about as Caucasian as you get, for better or worse. Next question. Yes. Who edits the show? All we of kind us. of touched on this earlier. Yeah. All three of us do. In the good old days, it were just me yeah. for the first four seasons. Well, you were doing mm-hmm. the idea was that you would do the uh, the post production, we do the pre production because we do all the yes. writing, you do all the writing. I did none of the writing. Yes. I did research and I took notes during the show of like yeah. Yeah. which pitch I preferred. For those of you who are new to the show, we used to do a previous format when there was five of us. There were two teams of two. It was like more like a panel show kind of vibe. Yeah. competition kind of thing where Matt and his partner and it was Stuart and Alec and then mm-hmm. was Matt and Tom and Matt and Tim, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, two teams of two, each one would have a pitch and they would battle it out. And then me as like the host, I would pick my favorite one from that episode. Yeah. And I would take notes as we go. And then basically because you guys had done all the writing and literally came in with printed out scripts for some stupid fucking reason. All the yeah. loud, all the loud Rat- bits of paper. paper. Rattling. Oh, you're acting like, yeah. Why didn't we think of that? We did. I argued about with Alec about it every fucking day we recorded, <laughs> and he would come up with like four sheets of A4, and I'd be like, "Stop printing your pitches, Alec." <laughs> and then, because he would be the often one that would be recording them on his laptop. Yes, he would then give me the files to edit on a fucking CD <laughs> because Alec is Alec. Oh my god, he's he he's such a dad. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, so I would do all the editing, all the like yeah. scheduling of the posts and all that bollocks and all that kind of stuff on, on SoundCloud when we use SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, so I was editor for the first, I think it's four seasons, and then you joined season four or five, Tim, something like three. that? Three. Three. Three, fucking hell. See, everyone always thinks like Tim's new. Tim's, the first season was like six episodes. Yeah. Second was eight. Tim's been here ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, I technically am the newest, but I'm not yes. new. Yeah. No, no, yeah. precisely. Yeah. Um, you, you've, um, if you think of it like running a race, you've outlapped everyone else multiple, multiple <laughs> times. And the key thing is, Spain was like, oh yeah, I remember those days when it was two pitches and say, like, stop. Stop right there. First of all, just a little reminder. And anyone who thinks like this person here and think, oh, we could do that again. It was very difficult. And we would cover the episode, as in the, the films themselves, cover two pitches, and they'd be shorter than what we're currently doing. You'll get episode, much more Episode stuff. one is like 40-something minutes long. What the fuck? I don't know how we did it. Grimmind, the pitches were shorter. And there was a, we didn't do as much of the discussion as we do now. Yes. But like... It was very different. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, this is so the, much of that yeah. first season is an hour long, basically, with two pitches yeah. in it. And to answer the question, we all divide everything equally. Yep. It is mm-hmm. literally a three-way. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, Matt, for example, Matt creates like YouTube thumbnails and stuff. Tim, you've been booking guests for like live streams and stuff. I do a lot of like the admin and accounting Call stuff as yeah. part mm. of the, like like withdrawing the Patreon money, making mm. sure that goes in our bank account, paying John Scarrett for the work he does for us for all the artwork and stuff. Mm. We want to make sure the people we're working with are getting paid and all that kind yeah. of bollocks. Mm. Not uh, us, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we share the responsibilities of like posting merch and stuff. Like mm. Tim has yes. some of the t-shirts, Matt has some of the t-shirts, I have some of the t-shirts. Oh, if somebody's bought this t-shirt, quick, that's a jack job. He'll go mm. to the post office and we'll yeah. sort all this stuff out. We spread it out as much as we can, basically. And whoever's turn it is to edit also does the teaser, also does the social media post, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we we pretty much share everything pretty equally, which is nice because. I know you guys were stressed back in the day from all the writing you were doing, and I was stressed yeah. from all the editing I was doing. And yeah. now I get to do writing, which is very nice and mm-hmm. also very mm-hmm. stressful. Going mm-hmm. back to the things we don't like about it is deadlines of writing is, mm-hmm. is stressful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think having a, a balance now where, especially for me, I think the biggest shift for me was going and becoming a fully fledged sequelizer, for want of a better phrase, mm. of actually being able to write my own pitches. Dropping the neutrality of host. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And being like, actually, no, I want to do this one. Or, you know, you guys did Spider-Man 3, but I did Blade 2, so I also got to do (laughs) Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man 3 is the only, uh, from back in the days when it was competitive, it's the only one I'm bitter that we didn't win over. I agree. Because they they appealed to my Miles Morales. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's all good. Lust. We one in the end that's how i see it <laughs> i know we the outlasted them yes <laughs> i know the one that still pisses off Stuart, and i've spoken to him since then about this is the matrix one really yeah i thought you went with his one in the end no i didn't i chose yours good it was the right choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> Stuart's I know people, is fucking depressing i know people bang on about the ending of Stuart's and it's like oh it's so great it's like yeah did you enjoy that sort of like very meta aggressive sort of thing yeah i loved it did you like the Matrix Resurrections? <laughs> ah, I, uh, yeah, Resurrections. Resurrections yeah. Did you yeah. like that? No, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't like his either. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying again, but that's a dick. Yeah. But yeah, I know a lot of people have talked about, like, I, I've, I've talked about it in other shows. I can tell who's editing a particular episode from different hosts and stuff. Yeah. Certain people have different techniques and stuff. I think now, between the three of us, you can't really tell who's editing. Unless you are fucking tuned in and you really 
really no sequelizers. Mm, yeah. And I, as far as I know, we don't have any listeners that are paying as that much attention to like the audio of it. Mm, like, sure. Oh, Jack tends to leave in more ums. Mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Tim tends to add out all the ands and buts and the pauses and stuff. <laughs> Matt's editing is faster, whereas Matt Jack's has a slightly slower pace sure, to it and all sure. kind of stuff. There are certain ways, so I know the guys at RKG, mm-hmm, uh, they mm-hmm. do a YouTube show, so the editing is very different, obviously, with video and stuff, and they're taking four or five hour gameplay clips and cutting mm. it down to an hour, so it's this massive, like, yeah. they play a game over and over and over again, they're doing Dark Souls bosses for four hours straight and all this kind of stuff, and cutting it down to the highlights. And because that is such a big editing job and a big change from the raw product to the edited product, there's the process of editing is more key to the final product, if that mm. makes sense. You notice yeah. the small changes because they're exacerbated in that process. Yeah. Whereas as, with as, us, it's trimming out pauses and, oh, shit, I didn't mean to say that. And I, I, I said regret earlier because I <laughs> could, couldn't pronounce an R for some reason. <laughs> so hopefully we're trimming out all the crap and maybe Jack prefers like this type of outtake and I'll keep that in the outtakes, but Tim just puts that on the cutting room floor or vice sure, versa sure that kind of thing unless you're really paying attention i can't imagine people are picking up on that stuff i don't know listeners let us know if you can mm, work out like point. oh oh this is a jack episode <laughs> they know because we post in discord that gives it away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're wait- it's friday morning we're waiting for the teaser and there's a post from me on discord like here's the teaser like, yeah. well that's a jack edit then because mm. he posted on discord <laughs> yeah good point good point <laughs> yeah i think i i would struggle to tell the difference between a Matt and a Jack if I didn't already know. If someone um, pulled up a random episode now and said, who edited this? Unless I had distinct memories, I go... And, I unless it's yeah. a me, because I can tell it's a me edit because yeah. I edited it. Oh yeah, the memories yeah. of it, yes. Because I've heard that mentioned. episode multiple times. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was either one of you two, if that makes yeah. sense. I'd say there's one thing which I can almost guarantee. And the, and the thing that, that also maybe even the listeners will pick up on as well. And that's the EP clips. Oh, yeah. That's sure. when you know our personality is shining through. Because we, <laughs> we don't discuss that. We choose in the edit in the moment. Like, what are we going to sling in here after all yeah. these yeah. names? Who, who edited the Donnie Yen episode? Oh, it's got a bunch of Rogue One quotes there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one of the three of them picked yeah. that one. Yeah, that, that's when you know it's gone like, uh, like uh, that's, a, that's a chance for us to put our most, most of our personality yeah. into it. Yeah. 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 There's not much personality in our style of editing. Certain podcasts do have, like I said, certain YouTube channels do have a very stylized, personality-driven edit. Mm. We mostly just trim the fat and the crap out and leave it that. Because we're such a conversational podcast, I think it works for us to then, yeah. And that's that's the thing, like, as much (laughs) we spent a while earlier complaining about the process of editing, like, it's a pretty easy job compared to how difficult some things are. God, yeah. um, Because we just, you know, we record for x amount of time too long too long uh but we'll like maybe trim like 20 minutes of that in total over the course of like an edit yeah it's because we know our mic discipline in the room yeah we tend to know what we shouldn't be doing and yeah yeah we trail on too long at some time we used to be much worse than that for the record yeah that's true we've gotten much better better over the last five years for sure and i think when it comes to reading out the pitches it's slightly different because that you have a thing that you are reading out and you want to make sure you're getting it accurate so that will often have a lot more flubs there because you're just trying to say something that is written down specifically in a certain way. That also comes that we've not read them ahead of time For as the well. the first time. If, yes, I, if yes. I had pre-read a pitch, I felt like I would flub less. If you're literally reading a sentence for the first time and saying it out loud 
and trying to get the intonation. I don't know if this sentence ends in a question mark yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna be like, and yeah. that was a thing for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a thing for tomorrow. Like, yeah. Right, I meant to read that as a question. Shit, I didn't read that as a question. Sorry. Spe- I didn't especially realize... me with my fucking eight clause run-on <laughs> sentences. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think you can tell whose pitches are whose. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we, yeah. we have again, that's far more personality-driven. That's much mm. more of a driven by our creative things which are way more personal to us than oh, I, I don't like ums and ers I take out more I keep in 10% of the ums whereas Tim keeps 8% of the ums like who fucking yeah. cares and I think podcasts can be over edited and that's something I know I've been guilty of in the past when I've edited stuff you can over edit something and make it so you're taking out all the little pauses and all the little things where people naturally stop like i just did in that sentence twice mm-hmm. i'm gonna get rid of all of those exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just talking like this the whole time and it's like constantly a run-on sentence i do talk like that all the time <laughs> well, that's just matt talking yeah. yeah matt we have to insert pauses for <laughs> yeah. you may not know this matt's actually slowed down by 20 percent. <laughs> you think he talks fast on this i've done that before um, yeah that's fair <laughs> I've, I've literally slowed down matt's talking because when you're on a roll, you can the ends of your sentences can often be, just become a blur. Oh, they flow. And I've and yeah. I've had to slow them down before or add a pause in there between sentences. I have to do it for myself as well. And there's weird moments where what I find really interesting is when we know we're on a podcast, so we kind of self-edit and it sounds yes. like an edit. So there's moments where we'll be like, ha 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 ha. So anyway, blah 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 blah. That's what happened in the room. There's no edit there. But yeah. because we're podcasters, that's what we did because we know the show must go on, that kind of thing. And I'm way off topic here. But, no, it's part of the question. Yeah. People want to know. Yeah. And I think I've encountered, I've been, because I'm such a podcast nerd, another question we'll get onto in a bit as well. When I'm listening to a podcast, because I've been editing podcasts for like 10 years now, I'm so aware of editing techniques. And I've been put off certain podcasts because they're over edited. If you hear yes. hosts and guests like basically almost talking over each other and there's no gaps between those sentences where one person starts talking and then the other person starts no talking. No time to think over what they just said. Yeah, yeah, there's no way you've thought of a response to that sentence by the time you've replied. Yeah. I've literally been like, I can't listen to this. I know that's a real fucking nerdy audio no, no, file. No, 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 like that's bullshit. the same I, I notice editing in podcasts more now having done editing. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Certain <laughs> authors can't read books. Certain chefs can't eat in restaurants. You just yep. sometimes you're like, nope, yep. can't do it. Yeah, it's it's almost like a seeing the matrix kind of thing, right? Because yeah, I was talking to people at work about this the other day. I forget, and I know I think we talked about this on the show on the musical episode as well. I forget I know music. Oh yeah. So when I'm listening to a song, my brain goes, oh, that's in the key of G. Oh, that's probably these four chords. And then that probably means that oh, the, chorus, yeah. the chorus is going to do this thing and move from those chords to these chords. Whereas you're not musically trained at all, Tim. And you there, have... are, there are times I don't even know what instrument I'm listening <laughs> to. I'm just like, I like the noise it makes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I felt the same way about that before we kind of, we talked about our critical brains being switched on and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to films, like not knowing that film editing is such a key part of the filmmaking process or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then being oh, this is a badly edited film. Holy shit. I've had conversations, again, friends and family members mm-hmm. and people at work and stuff and being like, so Bohemian Rhapsody's bad, right? And they're like, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, but there's that scene where it just edits and it just cuts from one band member <laughs> to another for like 10 seconds. Like, what do you mean? Like, 
what do you mean what do I mean? <laughs> I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> I did not see it. That yeah. spoiled the next 90 minutes for me. Yeah, but the Live Aid bits go around like, sure, but I hated the 80 minutes leading up to Live yeah. Aid. So uh, how do you not see this? And I kind of forget because... And it's just a it's just a matter of practice and it's edu- exposure education and, and exposure yes. and experience exactly it's not like a coming from a like a position of privilege necessarily but it's like a an idea of like oh yeah I, I and then I do have total ignorance on some things I have no idea how to make a video game for example oh yeah I don't know how to map fucking texture maps and stuff I'm like, I don't yeah. know. love video games I vaguely understand how you like write a script for them and stuff because I've written scripts and done yeah, voice yeah, acting yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. but like. How to program something in Unity? <laughs> don't, don't know where to start, mate. I couldn't mm. make a fucking cube. I have no idea. <laughs> and I, I, I like going into that sort of stuff. And there's certain things where I like not knowing, if that makes sense. There are certain songs I refuse to learn to play on guitar because it would ruin the magic for me. I get that entirely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely do. And there are certain podcasts where I'm like, ooh, I've never heard somebody do that before. They've done sound effects in a different way or there's a particular pace of their editing mm-hmm. that's really interesting i'm like mm, mm, i get this yeah mm, i appreciate that yeah delicious editing well done podcast producer person <laughs> and then sometimes massive fucking podcasts come out and i'm like you've got echo sort out your fucking echo <laughs> get up on your mic host who is apparently famous millionaire podcast host person naming yeah. no names you know who you are and it's like you know, we, we put all this time and effort into our fucking podcasts. I said, we were bad when we started off and we've gotten much better over the last five years. But there are a lot of people who just like, you just need to stick a thing in front of your face for a podcast. It'll be fine. Like, There's a lot more to making a podcast than that. Like any industry, like anything, like any passion, like any pursuit. It looks like it's, it's the iceberg thing. It looks on the surface yes, like it's just perfect, like, oh, perfect. well, this is all the finished product. It's like, well, here's all the shit that went into making that a thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, I scrolled past a picture I really liked on Instagram the other day, gave it a like and moved on. It's like, that person took 10 hours to fucking draw on that. <laughs> it's like, eh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it's fair for podcasts. In short, we all edit the podcast. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are sponsored, as with so many weeks, by the lovely people at Audible, host of thousands upon thousands of hours of audio content, be it books, podcasts, guided meditations, fitness guidance stuff. There is something for everyone on Audible, just a vast library of content for you to treat your ears to. Uh, we like to throw a little recommendation to people when, oh. uh, when we're advertising for Audible. And this week, it seemed appropriate, given that we are doing questions and answers, to recommend Q&A, ah. which some people might know better as Slumdog Millionaire. Oh. Yes. I, I straight up didn't know that's what the book that Slumdog Millionaire was based on was called. I'd imagine there's lots of people who didn't even know it yeah. was based on a yeah. book. That's very true, yeah. yeah. But it is. It is based on the book Q&A by Vikas Swarup, who apparently mm. is also a, was a member of the Indian Parliament and a wow. minister yeah. for state and stuff, so didn't know that. Um, that's question number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 200 pounds <laughs> there is a very good uh radio four uh you know it's good when it's a bbc radio production uh full cast dramatization available Ooh, i like it when they do those uh on audible.com that you could listen to you might be asking well how can i listen to it we're going to treat you to a free book as well as a free month's membership to audible all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash sequel Tell them that the boys at Sequelizer sent you and you can sign up and get a free month's membership and a free audiobook 
of your choice. Could be Q&A, could be something else, depending on what you're in the mood for. But you'll get it free of charge, thanks to us. And, uh, and even if you cancel your trial, you can actually keep that book. But you shouldn't Yours cancel. forever. You yeah. shouldn't cancel, because it's a huge, it's like the Library of Alexander, but with audio content. And you can even listen to sequelizers through it. You can. Mm. We're on there. Yeah. My God, if that's not enough to sell you, what is? Exactly. A free audiobook and more of us. Well, same amount of us. <laughs> go, and, go, and, go and check it out. Another avenue to listen to us. Exactly. Listen to us twice on multiple apps. Exactly. Use them at the same time. I don't think you can do that most times. <laughs> enjoy Audible, folks. Enjoy it's Audible. Great. It's a great service. Enjoy, enjoy a free book on us. This week's episode is sponsored by Jackass Forever. You can bring home Jackass Forever today on digital. Johnny Knoxville and the gang are back with new friends and celebrity guest stars for the most hilarious, outrageous pranks and dangerous stunts ever. Grab your friends and get ready to laugh until it hurts. Don't miss a moment of the action and keep the good times rolling with bonus never-before-seen stunts included when you buy on digital. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. And thanks to Jackass Forever's support of Sequelizers, we are giving away a copy of Jackass Forever Digital. You have followers on social media, you can enter on Twitter and win yourself a copy of the brand new Jackass Forever. That's at Sequelizers on Twitter and basically just reply to the post let us know your favourite new member of the Jackass crew and you can win yourself a copy of Jackass Forever Digital. Thanks to our friends at Paramount Pictures and Jackass Forever. Coming in with a question from Ramps. Like I do, like a, coming at number five on this weekend's call is... <laughs> in at number ten. In reference. <laughs> half, like, half the listeners like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Half the British listeners who might know don't know. Half the <laughs> listeners weren't born when that show went off the air. Yeah. Anyway. Did any of you invest in an HD DVD player, HD DVD discs during the format war with Blu-ray? Also, was... did any of you have a preference between the two? I was really worried that that was going to be a crypto question yeah. in the first few words. <laughs> yeah. Did you invest in words, my latest off, crypto face? <laughs> Sequel coin or whatever the fuck it would be called. Uh, I sh- I shall start. I'm gonna just barge in there. Uh, I did not. I am generally like a generation behind with technology for the <laughs> most part, especially when it comes to consoles and stuff. But uh, yeah, I didn't have a Blu-ray player. Uh, I've never had a dedicated Blu-ray player or an HD DVD player until very recently, right? Well, I I don't have a dedicated one no. now. I I have a console that can play yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. Bear in mind, consoles since the PlayStation 3 have been able to play Blu-rays too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, consoles have been able to play Blu-rays for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can remember when HD, DVD and Blu-ray were coming out. It was coming out, they were uh, when I was in college, sick form. So end of high school for American. It, it was the other. PS3 versus Xbox 360 era. Yes. Yeah. 2006. Yes. Um, And I can remember having a conversation with my media studies uh, teacher about how porn had basically decided there that it is. VHS yep. was going to yep. win between VHS and Betamax yeah. and how there was, there was lots of porn money being thrown at both Blu-ray and HD DVD like mm-hmm. quite early on. And then they realized, hey, the internet is a thing at this time as well. And yeah. actually that's a lot easier. For all that discussion of porn, uh, I never owned <laughs> an HD DVD. <laughs> or, I never watched porn again. Uh, Blu-ray player. A while back, I was living with someone who had a PlayStation 3, and so I bought some Blu-rays then. Then I moved out. I didn't have a Blu-ray player for, like, <laughs> five years. 
Uh, and then I recently got an Xbox One. Yeah, that's the not the that's most the previous up-to-date. generation. That's yeah, the yeah, previous generation. Right. So now I can play my Blu-rays again. Um, but I've never had a dedicated player. Um, and by the time I was buying them, HD DVD was already dead. Nice. I'm a PlayStation guy, so I went straight to Blu-rays and never looked back. I got Blu-rays with my PlayStation 3. I've never bought an HD DVD in my life because I never needed to because that's what yep. Xbox had. And I never earned, I've never owned an Xbox. That pretty much sums it up. It won the war for me because I was a Sony gamer at the time and still am. Mm. Um, I can well, imagine you've got some some weird, like, oh, I bought a few HD DVDs. No, 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 no. My like. story's a little <laughs> more complicated, but I'll keep it, it brief. Um, I was going to sit it out and wait and see. And it was only 2006, 2008, this whole thing went on. It was a mm. flash in the pan, like, and it was decided very quickly. Mm. And the thing that decided really was the PlayStation because PlayStation 3 had one installed. The Xbox 360 did not have one installed. You had to buy a separate player to bolt onto the side mm-hmm. of it. It's like, that is a death sentence right there. Fuck your whole thing. It's like yeah. just a sheep or whoever the hell was doing it. I thought I would go Blu-ray eventually anyway, but sort of see which would win. And Blu-ray seems a logical choice because I think it was, I don't know if it was a better specs, but it felt like it was a better specs. It is, yeah. Anyway, well, I preferred the name HD DVD, to be fair. I can remember in my not at all technically minded opinion at the time, thinking that HD DVD would win because it did what it said on the tin. Yes. Whereas Blu-ray is like, what does that even fucking mean? Precisely. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> but the reason I didn't invest initially is because I was going to be moving to America. Um, around, Well, not around that time, but that was building up to me potentially moving over there. Um, and I didn't. I was going to have to figure out how to get my books over there and my fucking DVDs or whatever I wanted to bring mm. with me at the time. I was like, oh my God. I didn't want to have to start. I thought, well, if I'm going over there anyway, there's no point in buying a bunch of region B, whatever that might be at that point, because I could add a like region free Blu-ray uh, DVDs and things like that. And I could way to play that quite easily. But a Blu-ray thing seemed like a much more complicated new technology. Mm. Like, I'll wait until I move over there. Uh, didn't work out. Um, and when it didn't work out, first thing I did was bought a fucking Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that was my sort of consolation. I'm not moving to America moment of, and my, my relationship breaking up. I was like, fuck this noise. Time to get me a fuck ton of films with my DVDs. And I did. So no, I never, I never fucked with no HD DVDs. Mm. I would see them in things like CEX and other secondhand places. Mm. I'm like, who the fuck is buying these things? Yeah. Like, yeah. Would you like it for £9? Fuck no, are I you mad? The, I remember the UMDs that came with the PSP. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little disc thing from, yeah. That was stupid. Never used, out, stupid, never used outside of a PSP. Is fucking, that is fucking stupid, to be fair. That mm. was a bit weird. Watch your film on UMD, you said no one ever. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks so much. Just what I wanted to say. It was that interesting period of time when there were lots of new formats because it, like, streaming video just wasn't up to pat at that point. Yes. And then it would very quickly, they would kind of all become irrelevant because now we just no, download no. or stream stuff. 4K streaming and well, stuff. Though. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so, so 4K DVDs are what we fucking call them now, 4K Blu-rays. They're um, ultra HD, whatever the fuck it's called. Mm. Nonsense. That's should be the replacer. Like, like, oh, it's now been Mm. replaced 15 years for this Blu ray being around. It should be now a defunct medium in theory. Mm. But because streaming exists in a way that's actually just as restrictive sometimes, because Mm. you end up doing what we have, like the Samurai episode. It's like, I want to watch this movie. Do you own it? No, I can't. I don't own mm. it. It's like, well, then you're not going to fucking see it. Yeah. It's like, oh, is it not anything? It's, it's on nothing, motherfucker. It's like, yeah. Oh, because no one thinks it's a viable thing to mm. hold for whatever, because it's niche or whatever. Mm. So the, the, the Blu-ray market is still going and it's going kind of strong for the, for the niche people it's selling. Yeah, like that, there's, no, there's no economic reason 
not to yeah. come up with a new format now. No, no, precisely. Because not enough people would be interested. Yeah. Some people are still like, I would buy a DVD over a Blu-ray, why would I bother? Um, so even Blu-ray is like, meh, for push sometimes. But anyway, that's that. Next question. Yes. From Matt Nelson, who shows up on the Discord a lot, has done a few of the emojis and stuff for our Discord. Matt's question is, any chance of a kaiju films interseason episode? I seem to recall you guys did a movie mobsters one. There's lots of kaiju cinema to discuss, even if we move Godzilla, Gamera, and Kong franchises from the list of films to discuss. Even outside, we've already touched on a couple of those franchises. Yeah. Through interseason means, and maybe we'll be returning to some of them in upcoming episodes as well. Yeah. yeah. That's a season that's a season ten teaser there for you. You you sexy little listeners. But yes. In, in short, yes, pretty much. There's lots of kaiju films to talk about. Mm. In the same way that we've done the Bond stuff and kind of done mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. eras and covered all that stuff, we could do entire episodes on eras of Godzilla, let alone eras of entire kaiju films and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. It, it's I a, want that. Again, it's Obviously, a, Matt wants that. Yeah. That's redundant. Uh, it's an area where I there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. But You I'd and the be... rest of the world that, that isn't Matt. Matt's got, I'm looking at two Gamera box sets in front of me yeah. right now but yeah absolutely i mean yeah it, obviously we would we would definitely cover that at some point when who knows exactly if, if you've ever used the godzilla uh the legally distinct from godzilla emoji on our discord that was drawn by the man who asked his question matt nelson so go and yeah, thank him for that. Yeah. it's awesome we have a little mech versus kaiju emoji battle nice. kind of a gundam legally distinct gundam and a legally distinct godzilla <laughs> so uh, next question comes from one of the EPs, Mr. Hyper Dude Man. How long do you see sequelizers continuing for? <sighs> a long time. There's a lot of bad sequels out there. Yeah. Originally, we talked about it when we talked about it earlier with the original premise of the show being the bad sequels to good movies. That's a much shorter lifespan because, as we've discovered, not that many <laughs> bad sequels follow good movies specifically. Mm. But now we've got bad sequels sorted. The world is our fucking oyster and we could go on for a long time. The master list is still pretty fucking long. Yeah. It's just practicality stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Unless there's a huge major life event that genuinely stops us from doing something. uh, Or, or, I mean, the classic response for all things in life, until it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Until I want to literally fucking curb stomp these two to death. And that hasn't happened yet. Give it a couple of weeks. Just a couple of weeks more. That's all I need. Start of season 10, you'll be curb stomping everyone in sight. (laughs) Knowing you. So, yeah, that's fair. Tim, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think until life intervenes, life until uh, life finds a way, way to stop us. <laughs> yeah. Next, coming from the one and only Stuart Main, Tron Legacy's number one fan, aka Arkham on the Discord. Now we're seeing guests in the live streams. Will there be guests in either the main series or the interseason episodes? I'm curious to see what the response here is. I don't know what my answer is. I would say it's much more likely in the interseason. I think we're definitely Agreed. open to that. I think. As we mentioned earlier, scheduling and stuff like that is the main yep. problem. Yes. Um, and especially given how we record now, it would require something to come to Matt's house. You know, we could, new- we could meet on neutral ground, but that's a whole thing. And yeah, or or we yeah. could do a one-off, you know, Zoom episode. Uh, you know, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we're, doing we're, it remotely would be easier for them probably. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having someone guest for a actual season episode would be a lot harder. Because just because of the nature of our format, like it would either be write the pitch and then it's us tearing their work apart at the end. Nothing like being a guest and we're saying, yeah, good work, it was shit. Yeah. 
uh, or they don't write it and then they have to sit and read out someone else's work for ages or yeah i think it's it's tricky to fit someone into that format um if they're just showing up for one episode yeah i i totally agree and i think it's an interesting thing because guesting on podcasts and having people guest on your podcast is such a key part of networking and expanding your reach and expanding your audience and stuff we've had so many crossovers with people like modern escapism and unequal sequel and more recently fundamentals with harley and stuff great to work with those people absolutely love them i have was already a a listener or i'm I'm now a listener of their podcast in general because they're good people and they make good content but yeah it's a really tricky thing to bring someone on behind the scenes here way back in the day the closest we've ever had to having a special guest on was Paul Gannon from The Cheap Show slash Bartians, many other things. That's probably where you know him from. Uh, friend of Stuart Ashton's. I know you know Paul as well, Matt. I do. Um, and of course, those of you who know Paul know he's a massive Ghostbusters fan, like a massive fucking Ghostbusters fan. The plan originally was to have him come on for the Ghostbusters episode and like be the judge and basically replace me as the host. Yeah. And that whole thing. Paul doesn't live in <laughs> Norwich, so it's a whole house. I think he lives near Cambridge or that era part of the oh, world it depends near london whatever yeah. like it depends when yeah we when were gonna like meet in london and try and work out a thing and i'd gone back and forth with paul a couple, i've never met paul but i was trying to organize it way back in the day yeah it started off in all places in soundcloud dms because that's <laughs> that's a thing in 2014 or whatever no 2019 whatever it was and yeah we were talking about it and we thought like ah, do we want to like you said bring him on as he does a pitch and we tear him apart or he is on as a guest host and basically replaces yeah. me or like he cut him and Eli from cheap show come on as like a third team and come on with another pitch yeah. or some, some we were trying to work out one, some weird format. And then it'd be an extra component to a show that already had a lot of components. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think in season is much more likely, as you said, Tim, much easier. There are quite a few local people I think we could work with. There are Norwich creators and Norwich podcasters and stuff. A couple of them we have already contacted to work with in the future for potential live streams and stuff. So yeah, from a purely like selfish marketing mind perspective, yes, I would love to have guests on all the time and just invite massive creators to bring their millions of mm-hmm. fans to come and, <laughs> hey, come and listen to sequelizers and, you know, to, to bring their kind of influence and encourage more people to listen to show and all that kind of stuff. But realistically, it's a massive logistical pain in the ass. And yeah. Before the pandemic, we were talking about, well, actually, we scheduled two guests for interseason discussions. Um, One of them was John Scarrett. John Scarrett, yeah. Who and eventually joined us on a live stream. That's the thing. Because of the pandemic, the live streams became a more practical, feasible thing to do. It connects with people across the country and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously mm. different countries as well. And we could do it that way. It's just easier and more practical. And I think the answer is, I was going to say the same thing to you, Tim. Regular season? No. Frankly, if I'm honest, just no. Yeah. Too much of a logistical nightmare. Uh, in season, hopefully, but I don't know because I think the, in, the, the, the live stream is such a perfect platform for it mm. because we get to talk about something that they've chosen, i.e. a director. It's unique to that platform and we get a discussion about them, what they like, this thing, the, the format of the, 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 the seeded, if you haven't seen one of the live streams before, to get a director and we whittle down their best film by a process. If you haven't, go and check them out. They're great. Mm, they're great. It's and that's basically the, another episode of Sequelizer. Effectively, it really is. Yeah. 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 Do you want to know what we think about all the Del Toro films? Right there. Denis Villeneuve, Spielberg, mm. Martin Scorsese, all these amazing, incredible, yeah. you know, all-time great directors. 
and some other ones as well. Uh, and Kevin Smith. Also Kevin Smith, <laughs> 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 who has a 93% oh, don't, film don't, on Rotten don't, Tomatoes, don't. according to audience score. Yeah. Uh, but that's <laughs> the point. It's, it's just, that is the best format for that at present. And hopefully, yeah, we'll get a chance to, but um, if we had like a neutral ground sort of filming uh, or, or audio location, even then scheduling, meh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Pretty, we'll see. Much. Yeah. pretty much. Next question from Arkham, aka Stuart. Have you ever considered doing a season entirely of sequels we'd like to see episodes? As maybe like a short season or even like a full 12? Just something a bit different. No. I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think it... I didn't say that. I just said no. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever considered it? Not especially, but yeah, I agree with you, Tim. That yeah, why not? We could do certainly. Mm. We've I done. We've done one. Only done one season of prequelizers. Again, many moons ago, in season what, what would be season six is is season oh, yeah, one yeah. of prequelizers. I guess, however you want to word that, in some weird. Does that count as a season of sequelizers? It does. But we eventually will come back to prequelizers, probably mm. at some point. I hinted at the Hobbit stuff earlier. There's Star Wars prequels we need to talk about at some yeah. point. Like we 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 have some still on the list of bad prequels exactly yeah they keep making the fuckers i think there's plenty of sequels we'd like to see as well we've got again Mm. we've got a list of those that we work through and be like okay we've already done dread we've already done hellboy we've already Mm. done this we've done constantine what's next like what's next on the list for what we're gonna do this into season and kind of pick it from the list so in theory we could do absolutely and i'm it's not out of the question that we could maybe do like a three-part special like we did with the mcu stuff we could do a three-part special at the beginning of an interseason and have three mm. sequels we'd like to see or something like that i yeah. see the wording out it was a whole interseason i eat 10 of them i'm like that in a row as maybe a, a shorter season or even the full 12 to quote Stuart's question yeah. so you could, uh, we could do half yeah, yeah, or yeah. a few or whatever who knows maybe maybe we make that a new stretch goal if people are really mm-hmm. interested in seeing yeah, it. Yeah, good point, good point. I also think it would be, because we have a list, as we said, sequels that we've all agreed on where it's like, oh yeah, we'd love to see a sequel to that. We'd each probably be able to come up with an idea for it. I think if we were to do a whole season, it would be interesting to say, we can't touch that list. Each person has to come up with things that Ooh. only they think they would like to see yeah, a sequel and to. Interesting. And I think if we're doing it, the bottom of the phrase, the longer format, it would have to be closer to the proper season Mm. where you're along the right lines there i think i think tim again we're just we haven't discussed this beforehand listeners mm. this is live workshopping my god on, on air and uh it would be more like a proper season episode where one of us would pitch one thing yeah and then we would discuss it not a i've got a hellboy 2 you've got a hellboy 2 and you've got a hellboy 2 check That's... under your seats everybody's got a hellboy 2 exactly yeah <laughs> thanks thanks oprah perlman uh, Oprah, Oprah del Toro. Oprah del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> or Guillermo will win Guillermo free. Win free. <laughs> oh my god. Brilliant. Uh, that's a mashup I don't need to see. Um but yeah, I think it would be it would hew closer towards the main season stuff where it would be one of us doing one pitch and yeah. discussing it. And I think that's a cool idea to maybe do something where mm. this is a sequel Jack would like to see. This episode is a sequel Tim would like mm. to see. This is episode of the sequel Matt would like to see. Mm. No, I like we, that. Maybe we don't even necessarily agree with each other. Yes. And bring I think some interesting there would be some fun there. to be like from that, like, no, no this does no. deserve a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely doesn't deserve a sequel. You fucking... The first one wasn't even good. Like, yeah. you can picture it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It writes itself. No, I think... I, Unfortunately, yeah, I, not literally. I'm, I think that's quite solid. I will say now, just for the record, so it's, so it's recorded and it's down. If and when this happens, and suddenly it dawns on you guys, like, wait, wait, wait. How many pitches do we have to write now? I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. You took a break from oh, writing yeah. pitches for more pitch writing. And I said, oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. Well, we <laughs> could do it instead of a main season. Do a whole season of sequels. Like yeah. yeah, that's an option. Who knows? I don't know. I get, Who it. Knows? I get it. 
What's next? Next question. Let's go over to, speaking of podcasting, I went on a bit of a rant earlier on in the show. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting a podcast in 2022? Fucking hell. Care about your equipment. 100%. Realize what a commitment is going to be. Yeah. 100%. Again. Uh, try and have a schedule that you stick to. And if you don't think you can stick to a schedule, then you probably shouldn't be doing a podcast. I agree with you. I think I think nailed it. I think the pretty much now the key elements there, Tim. Consistency. We don't talk about the dark times. Consistency is key for a podcast to continue growing, to continue maintaining any sort of momentum. We don't talk about the dark times. And then having that. If you're not a topical podcast, well, I mean that it's it's a lesson we learned by doing it wrong. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we paid for it, mm. um, quite literally, and. <laughs> We having that now we're doing like weekly episodes and stuff, having that planned out if you're not doing topical stuff, so you know, week to week literal recordings and stuff, like we do with Sumo and we do with Search for Kanda and stuff. Sure, sure. Sumo Drop has to be scheduled like that, Search for Kanda has to be scheduled like that. If you're doing something more like what we do at Sequelizers, if you can my advice would be to have three or four episodes banked before you go live Bank with your shit. first episode. You give yourself that breathing room and you know you've got content. So if suddenly it does go viral and you, you're number one on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, first of all, lucky you. But like, <laughs> have something ready to go and extra content. Some people even do the first three episodes launch as like a three-part pilot and mm. they, they have the first five recorded or something mm. like that. So you've got a bank there and you've also got like a stack of contents. So you get enough of a scope of what the show is going to be like and that kind of thing. That's an option. Touching on equipment there, Tim, I want to expand on that a little bit. Get yourself a decent USB microphone. You don't need to go all the way. We're now talking into Shure SM7Bs, which are like 300 pounds each. Between that and our interface, there's like 1,200 quids worth of stuff here that we're talking. Not ignoring the fact that Mac's, Matt's got a basically brand new Mac there that's a yeah, another two grand or whatever the fuck that is. That Some was, yeah. serious piece of kit there. You can do it with a USB microphone and a laptop. Just, just with some careful mic technique, like we're talking pretty close to the mic. Typically, you want to be sort of within a fist's distance of your microphone, typically. Matt gave me the eyebrows there. Shoe bun. Yeah. And just being aware of where your mic is at all times. Because enough people will start talking and then I'll go off to the side and then, oh, you can't really hear them properly. And then they come back around and, oh, that's a sudden shift in audio quality. Even with cheap microphones, you can get, I mean, Tim and I have used 20 pound USB mm. microphones previously. When we started first doing the remote recording stuff, we didn't have these really nice mics. So we were recording in these little USB things. We started off the very first few seasons, one mic between the four of us, five of us. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Was fucking stupid idea. In an echoey room. <laughs> if you have multiple people, you need multiple microphones. Even if they're cheap, it's better than one microphone between a big group of people. If you're in the same room, you need individual microphones for each person. That gets way more complicated because then you need what we have, which is an interface with XLR connections and this whole thing. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to get a USB microphone to connect multiple USB microphones to one laptop or one interface or whatever. Yeah. So if you're recording remotely, like our friends at Modern Escapism do, like our friends at Fundamentals do, like pretty much Unequal Sequel do as well, like all the people we collaborated with are pretty much remote. And even M over at Verbal Diorama as well, when she has guests on, yes. it's all remotely done. If you have a USB mic and you can just record straight into that, and your guest or your co-host can also record separate tracks, put them all together, 
use something like Audacity, which is a free mm. editing tool that has gotten really, really good over the last few years. Yeah. I stopped using it. I know when we kind of transitioned and we all started editing, Matt had used Adobe Audition before, which I highly recommend, but it's fucking expensive. So yeah, yeah. If you're... there's also never a good reason not to pirate Adobe software. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Adobe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there, there are, as well as Audacity, which is really good for free software, there's plenty of other free versions of like there Audition and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really recommend uh, is a software called Descript or Descript. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. Where it also does like transcriptions for your podcast, if that's something you're looking for, it will let you edit it as if you're editing a Word doc. So it basically like transcribes it as best as it can. And if you're not accustomed to audio editing at all, but you know how to edit text, you can just delete lines, delete bits, and it will basically edit it for you. It's magical. It's <laughs> it's it's not as like high tech and sexy as something like Audition. But if you're going into the ground up and you have no experience, I know, for example, M from Verbal Diorama uses Descript to edit her podcast all the time. Mm. And it even has a thing called Studio Sound, which I have used for guests on Search with Canda and previous things as well, where it will take somebody with a shitty microphone if they're just talking into their AirPods or into their mm. laptop mic or whatever it is and make it sound like they're really close and in a studio <laughs> up against the mic. And you've that, got this really NPR. nice... You've got that <laughs> NPR, you've got that proximity effect as if they're close in the studio. It's called studio sound for a reason. And you can actually tweak that because it can go a bit too far and sound a bit robotic. But you can dial it in real nicely to get a balance between like their natural tone and this studio sound as well. So there's there's loads of stuff in there that we can recommend. And you know, ask us it on social media and we'll basically give you a list of stuff to go mm. and have a look at. I would say also... Even if you can't afford a like a fancy mic to start with, buy a pop shield because even that will just improve. They're quite cheap, and they're and they're relatively cheap. Um, we bought our original pop shields on eBay for like three ninety nine each. Or yeah, something like that. yeah. We still have them now. We don't. We're not using them currently because these have built in pop shields and I stuff. Do. But on Simo Drop, there you go. Yeah, because obviously we want to make sure the mics are the same thing. So we use the old Behringer setup from the old equalizer thing because it's like yeah. Also because the BBG Wrestling Channel. Is used to interviewing pro wrestlers who are not going to have a good fucking setup. Yeah. So <laughs> with the most fresh thing on that fucking channel. But that's the kind of the point. It's like, this, this is good. And the pop's still using it. It's still great. I yep. would say, only bit to just jump on everything because that's all completely valid and legit is if you're going to do it, fucking commit. Like, yep. Go balls to the wall. If, you, if you're thinking of like starting a band or having a baby, getting into a whole different job, that changes your entire life. If it's just a hobby you want to just like have a bit of fun with, great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No shame. That's that's cool. Enjoy that. But if you want to actually have people listen to it or want to grow with it and want it to actually be, you know, out there and people interact and stuff, yeah, you have to really have a schedule and keep up with things. Because I mean, obviously we've been doing this for a while, had a good launch pad to start with, et cetera, et cetera. Got very lucky. That's big luck is a big part of it. But it's a question of like advice for people starting out in podcasting was the wording and things. It's like, what do you want from it? If you want to just hang out with your mm. friends and talk about stuff, some of that doesn't matter necessarily. Just get mm. it, like have it sounding reasonably decent. Talk about it a lot. Get it online. Great job done. You've done. Yeah. You've done more than most people have. Fantastic. If you want people to listen to it and feedback and and you know start conversations or you build to, to like monetization, like we have with ads and Patreon and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you actually want to not necessarily make money for it because, like I said, to clarify, we don't make money from this show. No, we put it all back into the merch and the web hosting and paying John and paying the people we work mm. with to so make sure that you know. Yeah. 
the Dif- printing companies we work with are mm. ethical printing companies. We're not yes, just yes. getting it on fucking printed.com for yeah. <laughs> 10p a shirt or whatever the fuck. We put, we we put go the to graphic l- up on Twitter and then uh, no, uh, someone with a different account says, I'd love to see this on a t-shirt. And exactly. then we use that link that uh, the, the robot makes for us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, one thing I will briefly touch on is use spreadsheets and show notes and stuff. If you're building a schedule, yes. actually have yes. a written schedule out. Whether you're doing that on paper, we find it's easier to like Google Sheets and stuff because mm. it's a collaborative document. You can all work together. Our show notes are all in Google Docs. Again, it's a collaborative document, so you can see, oh, Jack's got this pick, Matt's got this pick, Tim's got this pick. All the pictures are Google Docs. All the pictures are Google Docs. Everything is Google Docs because we can all sit here. We basically, our setup is the three of us are on three different chairs and we have our phones in front of us and we read off of our phones because we can access the Google Docs on our phones and read the pitch or read the questions as we're doing now and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Have that kind of thing and build show notes, whether that is bullet points for you as a host or whether that's a a guide for your guests. I know Harley from Fundamentals has a fantastic guest guide, basically, of like, yeah. make sure you record into this thing. Please, if you're going to record this, do it in this format. I advise you do this, this, and this. If you need any show notes, blah, 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 blah. Please don't say fuck or shit. Please don't say <laughs> fuck or the C word or anything like that. Harley doesn't swear on his podcast. He was very quick to clarify that when he came on my live stream because I, I had the little like audio set up with him before we went live yes. with him. I was like, hey, Harley, you can say whatever the fuck you like. I mean, you've heard the show before, so <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want, basically. Mm. So, um, But yeah, having clear idea of like some sort of structure, like that literally just be bullet points. That's pretty much what Mark and I do for Search with Canda, for example. We say we've got three topics. We've got like a few bullet points for each topic and Mark will intro this one, Jack will intro this one, Mark will intro that one. Jack does the intro, Mark does the outro, that's it. And it's like a nice thing of know who's going to be saying what and when very, very roughly, and then let the conversation flow from there, pretty much. Boom. Next up, we have a question from the aforementioned Josh Miles, aka Shed on Discord. Mm. Ready for eternal shift, listeners? I hope you Which cryptid would make the best lover? Uh... If you're wondering what a cryptid is, it's one of those like, mythological creatures from like crypto it's a sasquatch and a mothman and all that mm. kind of stuff uh i think the objective answer is a chupacabra because it's a sucker yeah wrong um, no false and wrong uh you want to be cuddled by a sasquatch then Ch- chupacabra's lizardy and is so it? yeah yeah scaly isn't it scaly mm. uh mothman because he can predict the future and so, and so he anticipates your needs as a lover uh, i don't like moths so. though elvetrish what uh it's a Sort of German chicken with tits. <laughs> I hate you, Matthew. I hate you so much. I like the idea that you just don't explain that. No, I'm done. That's, right. that's what that's I want. I, I, but to be fair, the wording best lover is like, hmm, tricky. Um, good fuck. Okay, Elvetrich. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the fuck, marry, kill, a fuck uh, rather than a marry. Yes. Marry Mothman. Fuck Elvetrich. Kill the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extinctify the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> another another devil bastard. Yeah, another tonal shift from Josh here. What's your go-to snack and drink at the cinema? I said this to my wife, and she said, "You can't say that. You'll sound like a fucking psycho." Yeah, that sounds like Matthew. Yeah, we're ready, Matthew. I said, and this was the base of what I wrote down. I, she said, I "That hate, doesn't make any sense." I hate this already. I said a bottle of water Uh-oh. and a hundred grams of chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> you are a psychopath, man. So what do you mean, a fucking hundred grams of chocolate bar? It's like you know, like. A dairy milk or a uh, Cadbury's caramel sort of thing, but they come in like a hundred, specifically the hundred grams one, that one. And she I went, hate Just you, man. Fuck's sake, Matt. 
So that is exactly what I'll have at the cinema. I hate you so much. Uh, I go classic, a Coke and popcorn. Right. Sweet and salty mix. Oh, yeah. Sweet and salty is the way. Mm. If I go popcorn, it's sweet and salty. Yeah, mix for that's, sure. that's if I'm buying at the cinema. If I'm mm. smuggling shit in, uh, I will go with Dr. Pepper, which is my soda of choice, but is rarely available. At Tim has a Dr. Pepper in front of him right Tim now. does. Yep. He's uh, a DP man. That's all and, I can say. And probably like a bag of minstrels. Minstrels was my pick as well, Tim. Minstrels are delicious. Yeah. Uh, I once picked a minstrel shell out of my gum. Oh. It slid up in the tooth, so I'm not always a fan of the minstrels. You've got to give them time to like you soften can, up yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. You can soften them up a bit, man. I liked mm. counters, which were just the, the naked minstrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah. That's, I, just a, that's just a galaxy button, basically. Yes. Yeah, kind of. But uh, no, minstrels are a good shot. They are quite delicious. So my pick, contrary to your 100 grams of chocolate, you absolute fucking weirdo. 100 grams of chocolate bar. Mine would be one of the snack bags. So the minstrels, the Maltesers, the, oh. the Aero mint balls, whatever the, the hell. The alleged share bags. The, mu- the munchies. Nobody. The share bag that no one has ever shared in their entire life. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, a share bag that I've eaten myself in 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of them. And yeah, Coke as well. Coke Zero is sure. my preferred Coke. But yeah. I remember the bad combo because I. Uh, <gasps> oh, you ba- I hope you're about to say what I think you're about to say. What about what, what, arches the, and coke? Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a callback. Arches and coke. Um, no, uh, no, the bad combo. I um, uh, committed the fatal sin of combining when I was, I think, maybe like ten or something, and watching Mission Impossible One in the cinema. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of ten year old I was. And he loved Brian De Palma as a ten year old. <laughs> and basically Matt would have done. I had a giant Coca-Cola and a big bag of Maltesers. And as I learned later in life with people who wrote work in cinemas, never pick that combination. You will throw the fuck up. And it's like, really? And I, like, I've gone back and it's like sometimes I've eaten that combination quite a few times. Yeah, but the thing on. is that because of the whole malt fizziness of the of the Maltesers were and the Coke, it tends to be this not full of pop rocks nonsense you're gonna explode from the inside, but it makes you feel uncomfortable. Is it a fizzy lifting drink? Is that what you're trying to say? Kind of, yeah. But it's more mm. the idea that as once you feel a bit sick, stop for a while and you'll be fine. But as a little boy I was kind of like, oh no something's wrong. Better take another drink. Yep. <laughs> I've never been a hot dog in the cinema person and I kind of consider people who are You, you made that sound Tim, much more dirty. Tim I used to have Oh no. At what I'd call a rip-off combo. Matt is a sausage Which fiend. was a Coke and a hot dog. Literally disgusting. Yeah. I don't know why I'd do it. I watched dog. Brokeback Mountain chuffing down a hot I dog. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they call that 4DX. That's the immersive experience. <laughs> Your chair's shaking. There's hot dogs flying at you. Lindsay Ellis style. It's just like... I remember thinking, this is so well acted. <laughs> oh, 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 hot so dog. Good. I can't quit you. <laughs> oh, we, were just, we were just fishing. No, 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 about it. Fishing for what? <laughs> oh, oh, hot dogs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know why. I think I, because I, but to be fair, I do know why. I fucking love sausages. He loves sausages, yeah. even if they're. Rancid. I've never met a man who loves a sausage more than Matt Stockton. Hundred grams of chocolate. He just wings at you, list. <laughs> Hundred grams of chocolate. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to eat a hot dog in other situations, yeah, but there's something one that's good and not been rolling around for in a, a while. tent in rural Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll share a hot dog with with Jake Gyllenhaal and or Heath Ledger. Um, Rest in peace. I'll I'll eat both their hot dogs at the same time. Um, but uh, yeah, right, right so in the bun, Tim. Right in the bun. The fact that it smells so much, and then you're just in the <laughs> cinema, and you've just got to kind of sit there in that stink cloud. <laughs> I would say it's better than nachos in the cinema. 
Because yeah, nachos never, are quite inspiring. We've had nachos a... beforehand. Oh, we did, they yeah. do that yeah. at the like lounge bit of yeah. the Odeon or whatever. Fuckers bringing nachos in, cr- crunching their way through. I'm like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Have you guys heard of the pissy shitties? <laughs> 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 Sounds like a great punk band from the yeah. 80s. I it's have not. their first EP, but I didn't really follow <laughs> after that. They just, uh, they sold out, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Dare I ask what the pissy shitties are? Well, I asked because both of you have spent time in America. It's an American thing. Okay. Oh, okay. It is a cinema snack combo. When you said, I, I have the dreaded combo. It's not and my eyes butter all over it, is it? No, it's worse. Much, much worse. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some fucking lunacy. <laughs> Americans Just squeezing that liquid oh, butter out. That, that's not butter. Whatever that is. It's yellow. Like it's the yeah. purest like, yellow. <laughs> like the American cheese is not cheese. That yeah. is not yeah. Pissy shitties is a slang term referring to a mixture of what and what. Have a little guess. Specifically, one thing poured onto another thing. First question. Are these things edible? Yes. <laughs> Second so th- question. This is a drink and a food combination. Oh. Yeah. Second yeah. question. Are they, are they things you would usually acquire in a cinema? Yes, very much so. Okay, I'm going to say it's Mountain Dew on... A hot dog. It's a real slippery, limey hot dog. Mountain Dew on... Popcorn seems too obvious, but I'm going to say buttery popcorn. Okay. Tim, any ideas? I, oh God. One one liquid, one solid, did we say? Uh, yes, correct. Oh. It's the name that's throwing me off. Pissy Shitties. Pissy Shitties is... Brown and yellow makes me think, you know. A clue, I guess. Yeah. I discovered this a couple of weeks ago and it makes me deeply Banana uncomfortable. Banana milkshake on <laughs> a tramp. <laughs> I'm trying to think what is worse, whether it's liquid base with then solid like thrown into it or a solid thing with liquid poured over it it's the solid thing with the liquid so it's blank poured onto blank okay so it's liquid poured onto solid tar poured onto more tar i'm i'm gonna go with pepsi poured onto buttery popcorn you've nailed it tim oh it's, yeah so, so it's americans pouring pepsi into their theater popcorn things <sighs> have some fucking class <laughs> The the popcorn, because it gets hydrated by the Pepsi, like shrivels up and goes all brown. Oh. And it looks horrible. Um, People tend to make, this is going to sound real weird, people make it in toilets. That's a thing. Go and Google pity shitties, listeners. Um, the idea was first shared in a post and Tumblr in 2016. Of course it uh-huh. fucking was. <laughs> Claims mixing popcorn and Pepsi is a common thing in the US, causing confusion for non-American users and inspiring various memes the following year. It is similar to other purposefully gross drinks like Sproke and <laughs> and Pilk. Like milk Coke. Yes. Mm. Sprite and Coke mixed together and Pepsi and milk mixed together. Mm. And yeah, it became a thing where a bunch of Americans or faux Americans online would be like, what, you guys don't have pissy shitties? <laughs> Taking the piss. Yeah. And then it actually became a thing. Somebody tried it and was like, you know what? Yeah, not that bad. Yeah, and yeah, there's videos and gifs of people pouring Pepsi in, the, in their popcorn tubs. I mean, eat what you want to eat, drink what you drink, but you do so it in public much. in a cinema. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, agreed. So not pissy shitties is the answer there. No, definitely not. In short, next question. Move on to something completely different. Do you have a favorite part three of a trilogy? Tricky thing to say here because technically my favorite part threes and trilogies. All got fours and ruined it. Toy Story, for example. Toy Story, Born Ultimatum. Oh, um, yeah. Another one came to mind. It completely sort of slipped me by. 
And I was like, these all technically count. They they they're valid until um until they're suddenly not. I do have yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite part threes are all in series where I ignore anything that happens after the part three. So yeah. Last Crusade uh, and uh, yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> um, my actual answer is Return of the King. Yeah. That oh yeah, answer. that's that my the, the, well. the obvious yeah. one. Yeah. Is yeah, Return yeah, yeah. Of the King. Yeah. 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 Same. Nice and easy. There yeah. you go. Moving on. <laughs> one from Colin Thompson, one of our APs. Yep. With the recent habit of returning to franchises long after the original stopped, what films from the sequelizers canon that you've pitched a contemporary sequel would you pick to adapt your original pitch to for use as a modern sequel reboot type thing? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I hope you understood I, that question, listeners. It's a long one. I, I already mentioned um, earlier in the episode The Crow. And the Highlander ones, I think there are, are various pitches for those were pretty. Yep. Yep. Pretty good. I also think Starship Troopers, mm. another one that could use a reboot from just go sequel from the first one. The one that always strikes in my mind of like the ones where we've taken an old film and one of us has done a modern sequel to it, and I went like, "Whoa, yeah, King Conan." Uh, well, yeah, obviously, I like yeah, that one pick. a lot. Yeah. Uh, your Zululand pitch. That was exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I, I it's such a cliche. Answer, was like blah 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 blah. Steve McQueen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sorry, what movie? <laughs> Steve McQueen <laughs> doing it. Doing one more fucking doing time. A, doing a Zulu. Oh, hello. And taking it from Zulu Dawn to Zulu Land is like, yeah. Mm, yes, please have a person of color tell that story. Mm, yeah, a British in person the, of color in the twenty twenty. Yeah, 20, yeah br- even better, a British person of color. Yeah. Tell that story in the 2020s. Yeah. I mean, I think you pitched it to come out last 2021. year. Yeah. Just about right. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Once all this is blown over, it'll happen in 2021, <laughs> yeah. said Matthew in Save 2020. Yeah. No, that, that's still my answer, by the way, because mm. I'm, I'm, it's one of those moments when you write a script, oh, that's a good director, that's a good actor. I'm like, mm. I feel we need this. Mm. Like, I actually yeah. need this movie, all these jingoistic yeah. dickheads who don't, who, who, who remember Zulu, the movie. Very differently from how it actually is. Yeah. When we're talking about it, like it's not as jingoistic as you think it would be. It's actually quite, mm. you know, d- different. And Zulu Dawn is, yeah. But doing Z- I think Zulu yeah. Dawn does a has held holds some responsibility for bringing that back into the jingoistic yes. side of things because it's essentially being like, see, a lot of the Brits weren't too bad after all. And you're like, mm-hmm. hold on a minute, uh, that wasn't yeah. the message of the first movie. And yeah, having Steve McQueen do it would just be so yeah. interesting. To toot my own horn. What? I quite liked my escape from New York. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that escape. shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I, agree. I agree. Yeah, my King Conan for me, Zulu Land for you, <laughs> Escape from New York for you. Yeah. We're sort of Escape I, from I Liberty. Think, yes, like, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Cool. Next question, we've got a few here from Rhino Man, as he's known on Twitter and Discord and sure. all kinds of places. Uh, first three questions. What is your name? Matthew Stockton. What is your quest? Your mum. What is the capital? Abyssinia. Your mum. Ah. Sorry, I don't know. Is, is it? My quest is the problem. I think, I think it's Nineveh. I'm yeah, sure. maybe. TikTok have been doing a thing recently, saying so like, like various capitals of the world and like hard editions. So I've been mm. sort of going over those things. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not there anymore, obviously. Yeah. And I think it had several, but you know. Yes, it yeah. had several. Also, is that your quest? No, my quest is to sequelize. Ah. Oh, Tim, you beautiful little bastard. That's Monty Python reference, everybody. Yes. Uh, in all seriousness, and that is what Rhino Man wrote, are there any video games that you'd want to have a movie which you have the perfect fan cast for? Oh, 
I realise this would be more of a Jack question because of his love of voice actors. But it was an interesting sentence because we're taking a video game and turning it into live action. So my love of voice actors is essentially irrelevant here. Well, it could be an animated movie. I, sure, sure. But turning it into live action, I've taken it as literally turning it into live action. Have you not seen I, the live action Lion yeah. King? <laughs> <laughs> not I, live action. I think that's the major problem with a lot of video games is that voice actor is a, is a thing. And they it's define a, a role and you're like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Like, I, like a lot of my favorite series, I can't really imagine... Like I can't imagine Jennifer Hale not playing Femshep. Mm. So yeah, that's like you know, and and I suppose with something like Mass Effect, it's a bit easier because you'd have a lot of CGI aliens, so you could have a bunch of the original cast. But for any of the humans, there's a lot of people who don't look anything like the person that they are voicing. And we, so we touched on it in What You What recently. If you've uh, been on the old Patreon and uh-huh. had that episode, Uncharted came out recently. Mm. What the fuck was that casting? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg, Sully. Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, like, little sure. boy, and then he's a little boy, and then Nolan North shows up, who is the voice of Drake for no fucking reason, just because of a cameo. Mm. But Nolan North is fifty now, I think he's in his forties at least, so he's he is, looking all right. But... He, he's in good nick, yeah, but uh, like, yeah. not young enough to be playing Nathan Drake. No, neither's Nathan Fillion. No, missed that boat. Could have been like fifteen years ago, but yeah, done it on that's time. When Uncharted Two came out, so that's like, nope. <laughs> so yeah. I think you run into that problem a lot where you get that defined by that. Like Nathan Drake will always be Nolan North voice to me because he's such a quippy, vocally driven character. Mm. And a lot of these cinematic things, like they're doing a last, my answer would have been The Last of Us. They're fucking doing that on Mm. HBO. I was like, I can't imagine anyone. I can't imagine it being anyone but Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. And they were like, how about The Mandalorian and Liana Mormont? I'm like, Sorry, what? Hold on. <laughs> yes, please. That sounds Pedro good. Pascal. I mean, Pedro Pascal as Joel. I'm like, fuck yes. Mm. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it can be done if it's handled well. And hopefully this is our plan, right? Mm. I mean, I've fucking done something. Of course we have. <laughs> of course we have, Matthew. Uh, Tim, why don't we kick off with you? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of bits of casting. I also have a couple of ideas for movies where Ooh. I haven't necessarily cast people in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have, I just think these would be fun. I think the next Fast and Furious film should be a Rocket League spin-off. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Do you know what the spiritual prequel to Rocket League is called? No. Have we had this conversation before? I don't think we I have. Think, no. So the company that made, oh, it was kind of Psyonix made um, Rocket League. Before that, they had basically Rocket League. It was cars playing football and stuff, mm-hmm. but it didn't handle as well and it had a terrible name. Mm. And there's a song that goes with it that makes reminds me of the full name. It was called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. Wow. And the song was Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. I thought it was going to be a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It almost is. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, 90s it's, TV power series metal. I've ever heard yeah. one. Go and listen to that theme song. If you like cheesy power metal, it's a banger. And that game was fun, but Rocket League is like my they like blew themselves out mm. of water and yeah, they perfected improved the, the it thing. greatly. So yeah. More Rocket League content I'm always up for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I want the family having to form a sports team to play in Rocket League. God, that's so We're on, not a that's team. so on brand. We're, We're a, a family. family. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, uh, that works too I would well. I would like to see adaptation of Return of the Obra Din. Oh done by the, Robert Eggers. The, oh, fucking Tim. Sixteen bit pirate yeah. adventures. Yeah. yeah. Slap him up with face some, for that goodness. With some fucking Cthulhu thrown in oh, for good measure. Yes, please. Love it. In terms of actual casting, 
so I don't have casting for those. Obviously, one would have the Fast and Furious people in it. Sure. And Oberdin just kind of trust Eggers. Yeah, one of the Scars guards probably be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Timothy Chalamet as the protagonist of a Shadow of the Colossus film could be interesting. Oh, hello, interesting. As Wanda. Um, yeah, and who's gonna play? I got off. Who plays the horse? Uh, it's uh, motion capture by Andy Circus. Oh, but they ride around on each other in, yeah. in a mocap studio. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I also think uh, Chell from Portal. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jessica Henwick would make an excellent. Oh, Chell. very good. Mm. Yeah, I, I very much mm. approve of that. Nice. Yeah. I'd like to see a lot more stuff. To be honest. Yeah. Mm. There, okay. we, there we are. <clears throat> so of all the things I could go down the route, oh, I'm like, oh, no. Matt's got these big favorite games and Silent no, Hills and Final no, Fantasies no. and Assassin's Creed and Bioshock, blah, 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 blah. No. Nope. Oh, no. Uh, I'll have an image on the Discord for those who want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. I dread this already. I want a Tekken movie. Of course you do. Yeah. But Matt, we already had a Tekken fuck movie. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it had former UFC star Roger Huerta in it as one of the characters I can't remember. One of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. It's Tekken movie is terrible. Yeah, the big fuck off on that one. I was I was really excited for that when it came out. I was like, oh god, it's a piece <laughs> of shit. It's like we're like dead or alive as well. The whole era of like his these yeah. shit franchise. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm just gonna rip through some names. It almost doesn't matter really uh, who they are hmm. for you, the listener. But yeah. So Heihachi is gonna be Koji Yakusho, who's been in a shit ton of stuff. Amazing actor. And Kazuya, his son, is Ryo Nishikiro. Kind of more of a singer than an actor, but more importantly, he does acting role stuff. Mm. But yeah, two two sort of strong Japanese presences for the for the central story of like kids being chucked off cliffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the central premise of Tekken. This is I. This is another one where I'm like, it should be a TV series, and the way you pitch it mm. is, uh, it's Succession, but with uh, martial the, arts. The, the Mishima yeah. Corporation. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah exactly. Um, I've also got uh, Mike Mo playing uh, martial law. Mike Moore is the guy who was in Once Upon a Time in China. Um, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood. sorry. Yeah. Um, playing Bruce Lee. Yeah. Martial Law is basically a Bruce Lee ripoff. But yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, in the role of Paul Phoenix, his sort of friend slash ally slash rival. Mm-hmm. Tallest flat, hair in video flat games. top man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel he bring the right energy. I, to yeah. I, I, because I would like to see Paul Phoenix be a dumbass. And yeah. I would like to see Chris Hemsworth play that. Yep. I think you can do that very well. Um, the role of Nina, I've gone with Catherine Winnick, who was yeah. in things like mm-hmm. Vikings. She's actually like a martial arts expert, yep. things like mm. that. Yep. But not Irish, so I'm going to get a flag for that. Then nobody fucking thinks that Nina Williams is Irish, no. for God's sake. She's Irish in the sense they found a fucking flag and said, that'll do. Diego Boneta as King. Now, he was in like Rock of Ages and shit, yep. but he is actually genuinely decently ripped. He's mm-hmm. not huge, but him in like a CGI uh, mode cap, like Jaguar mm. head thing would be perfectly fine. Alan Richardson as Jack. So Jack's a big robot, I think. Alan sense. Richardson is the yeah. guy who's in uh, the Jack Reacher stuff. Is oh, yes. Yeah. Very big man. Giant man. Uh, but also quite funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. And finally, Andy on Yoshimitsu. No. Now, I'm done. That's God, it. Yoshimitsu. That's all the characters I've got. I, I, like, I could have gone literally gone cast all of fucking Tekken. What about yeah. Brian and Bayek and Horowang? You know, everybody's favorites, Matthew. I kind of wanted to cast like them gone. all. That's and, for that's uh, for the subsequent sequels. films yeah. or seasons. Yeah. This or is for the first films. We have like a, mm. a core of characters. Talk about the Mishima Corporation, all that sort of stuff. I think it'd be really fun. Uh, and again, Mortal Kombat came close to doing that, except they didn't have an actual fucking tournament. But this would be an actual 
Tekken Iron Fist the King tournament. of Iron Fist yeah, tournament. Mm. Exactly. And it'd be actually like for what? It's like for the Mishima Corporation. But underneath it, the whole thing it would be like just a you know, a Kazuya and Heihachi mm. showdown. And devils and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It'd be fucking mm. great. Nice. So stupid and over the top. But it would be it would be almost pitched like it's just a straight fighting film and then there's like mm. by the end, oh by the way, there's a supernatural twist. Kind of like, you know, an Indiana Jones kind of feel to mm. it in a weird way, is as old as that sounds as a comparison. When I was Oh, this was when I was about twenty, twenty-one. I, I was I had an idea of doing like a comic book series that was essentially like the behind the scenes at a fighting game. Ooh. So you've got all of the nonsense politicking and stuff like that, but you never actually saw any of the fights. Uh, yeah. And uh, my description was always it's like a Spanish telenovela um, because if you <laughs> look at the plot of like Tekken. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the plot attacker. I everyone's I, always betraying each other. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there's so. I mean, I I adore Tekken, and uh, Jack recently sent me a video, um, a YouTube video about the plot of Tekken, and I kind of I love it so much. It's so stupid. Fighting mm. games don't need a plot. Mm. It's like what's what's the thing? Well, there's a big tournament. All the best martial artists are gonna fight in it. Mm. Great, fantastic. If it's Street Fighter, some of them have like strange powers, and they're from all around the world. Oh, that's cool. Tekken has a really weird story in it and i genuinely love it mm. yeah that video that matt's referencing is why tekken story is better than you might think yep. by writing on games who's one of my favorite yep gaming perspective youtuber mm. video essayist mm. kind of people so yeah highly recommend that yeah what about you jack what are you reading table red dead redemption ah uh... one of my favorite games of all time and i think the second one is also fantastic but kind of sticking with the first one more specifically uh the first one is better uh i think the first one's one of the best open world games ever made one of my favorite games of all time one of the best and most surprising stories one of the most emotional stories in gaming somehow done in an open world game which you think wouldn't work but it does an amazing job yeah. the twist that no one saw coming and it's like it was um, done over a decade ago <laughs> yeah 2010 by the way is the first game so there's if you don't know basically is a story of john marston who's a former outlaw cowboy type character who tries to denounce the life of outlawishness and settle down with a wife and a son mm. and live mm -hmm. the good life but he's kind of blackmailed into hunting down his former gang members by FBI agents essentially mm. oldie time FBI agents and this is all set in the early 20th century so that at the cusp yeah. topic we've covered a couple of times mm. whether that's through the samurai films we talked about or the westerns that we've talked about recently power as of well. the dog time power of the dog time exactly right Tim where it is the cusp of civilization breaching into the frontier and cowboys are all out of date and mm. you gotta get with the times man you gotta stop being around you can't ride around on your ranch anymore you gotta come work in the big city and all that kind of stuff the very first shot of red dead redemption is a car being loaded off a, a, a giant ship and he's going what is the world coming to exactly yeah yeah so the central character john marston he has a few like gang members around him uh arthur who is the main character of the second game which is a prequel won't get into that um dutch is the gang leader who is also like one of the big villains of the whole thing uh and through this you you play as john and you hunt your way through a few of the gang members before finally getting to dutch having some twists and turns and reveals and stuff betrayals all the usual kind of stuff so i've cast some of the major characters um but not everyone in there because i didn't want to kind of like lock everything down basically sure john marston going for my boy carl urban Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. He could rock the long hair, rock the weird moustache and beard combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew. <laughs> and 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, has that grit and gravitas, whether that's like Bones in the Star Trek movies or Dread or whatever else he's done. He might be Kiwi, but he can in do a good boys, gruff American mm. kind of yeah, not being not, not rich, that but you know what I mean? from the boys. No. But yeah, um, Arthur, who is kind of John's right hand man slash friendly rival siblingy kind of thing, both raised by their gang leader after being orphaned and all that kind of stuff. The Punisher himself, John Bernthal. Oh, yeah. And that could work. He's got that kind of southern mm. drawl, tough guy kind of. Yeah. Tough guy with a heart of gold kind of vibe that Arthur Morgan has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I see that. Um, as Dutch, who's a bit older than them, has a hefty mustache. Yeah. And is a bit of a dick. Josh Brolin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got, got the, again, got that kind of gravitas to him. Got the charisma because the whole thing of Dutch is that he is just bullshits everyone and is just able to convince people to follow him no matter what. Bill, who is one of the first guys you fight like as you go through hunting the former gang members, so current gang member, follower of Dutch, but they've all kind of split off and stuff, going with David Harbour, aka good, Hellboy, good. aka the guy from Stranger Things. These are all basically the exact kind of Mr. Rough, Lily Allen. Rough looking motherfuckers. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's one Latin character, again, one of the former gang members called Javier, Bringing in Diego Luna oh, from, okay. from Rogue yeah, One yeah. and Chat. soon to be Andor, whatever the fuck that Disney Plus show is. <laughs> sure. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah, who turns out to be a key character in Red Dead Redemption 2, who yeah. is a real piece of shit um, and kind of bringing it all around and yeah, betrayals and is he on the side of Dutch? Is he just gone crazy? All this kind of stuff. Who could play crazy? And this is partly inspired by uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite trilogies of, of recent years. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah, okay. Playing, uh, can imagine, like, basically, I'm going with the the Apes trilogy. There is what I was hinting at. Yes, and how insane he is when he's he's the villain in that mm-hmm. as yeah. the the Colonel or the Sergeant or whatever he is called, the the, the military leader in in mm-hmm. War for the Planet of the Apes. He's fantastic in that. Kind of rounding things off with a couple of other characters. So we have the FBI agent who kind of sets up the whole thing and tries to fuck over the gang and all that kind of stuff. Is Edgar Ross, Agent Ross. Again, a bit older than everyone else, a bit wily, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room kind of thing. Thinking Brian Cranston. Can't go wrong with some Brian Cranston. A lot of old gravelly men. Yeah. Old, sense, old, yeah. old gravelly men. Uh, and to round things off and bring in a key female character to the mm. first game, I'm going to cast Barney. <laughs> Good old mm-hmm. Barney McFarlane. Yeah. And kind of inspired by a bit of Westworld, I'm going to go Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, she's always... I think it's a... It's a banger of a cast. I don't know if that many people would be in a thing. And again, it's probably better off being an HBO show. As we often talk about video games, yeah. it's very difficult to adapt yeah, a yeah. 60 to 100 hour video game into a film and not make it a piece of shit like so many of them are. Unless mm. it's something that basically doesn't have a plot like Sonic. It's like, oh, we're telling this really complex story. It's like, good luck telling the Mortal Kombat story in two hours, you <laughs> yeah. fucking idiots. Oh, we're going to introduce a brand new character called Cole, who's a... Oh, God, you have enough characters. There's too many characters in MK already. Like, what are you guys doing? Guess what would be doing that fucking Tekken movie? Some rando. Yeah. Just some, just some lad being like, so, what's an Iron Fist tournament, guys? It's me, Jim John. It's like, fuck off, Jim John. <laughs> if that's your real name, it's actually James John. My father, John John. It's like, fuck off. Nobody yeah. cares. So, yeah, that's my very, very rough outlining. And you could pretty much do the plot of the first one and or the second one. Yeah. In some kind of mashup. That's pretty much the cast of the first game in however which order you want to do this. You could potentially do because I've got Arthur cast in there as well, you could have some flashbacks that then tie into 
some Red Dead Redemption 2 stuff as the prequel building on John's relationship with Arthur and Dutch and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah I think it could work well because I think it's one of the best stories ever told in video games. It's because they took all the Western films <laughs> and put it into one game. Hey, do you want all the Westerns at once? Yes, please. That's my Red Dead Redemption. Nice. Yeah. Very next, solid. Next question. Yes. Also, also from the Rhino Man. Which fictional creature would you want as a pet? And he specifically clarifies here there wouldn't be a hassle to raise. That's and, not a pet. <laughs> Every and, pet's a hassle. And Matt, yeah, I'm no. going to call you out on some bullshit. Uh, in, fuck our, you. in our group chat a little while ago, because obviously we've had these questions for a little while. We've mm. had a couple of rounds on social media and Discord and stuff saying, hey guys, get your questions in and all that kind of stuff. Matt sent a question of, does this count? <laughs> Is it a robot, Matthew? Like, I mean, yeah. Well, then no. <laughs> we had a question about sentience. Do droids count as pets? We're, like, we're not getting into the droid debate. <laughs> we had that in the solo episode, and Tim went on a whole <laughs> droids are sentient, and basically people have slaves in the Star Wars universe. Yep. You've, you've broken the Star Wars universe. You can't do that. So no. No touch coma for me, then. No. Well, I have an answer, then. Good. The crow, the crow from the crow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the man, the bird, the crow? <laughs> <laughs> no, the crow. I, I think a crow is a thing I'd like to legally. You can't legally own a crow in this country. I think is one really? of, it is a huh. weird thing. Mm. Um, is it because you turns smart. into a like a spirit of vengeance? Later. Yeah, it can't have everyone make spirits of vengeance. Yeah. It's like the South Park episode. Only one person does it. The crow at the party. If any of the three of us is going to be the crow, it's going to be you. That's yeah, fair. I'm pretty cranky. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've been in a lot of fights. As a catchphrase of you. You're covered in scars and stuff. It's true. You have floor-length trench coats from your teenage goth years. <laughs> yeah. You're halfway there. Yeah. Two-thirds of the way. Three-quarters of the way I just there. I need to paint my face up. And my skull, I guess. Yeah. Someone just stop here at my forehead. That'd be weird. No, you'd have, yeah, you'd have, to, you'd have to do the whole head, basically. Like Ghost Rider with no flames. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, yes, but a crow would be a cool thing to have as a pet, but also a sentient one that brings you back from the dead and mm. be amazing. So that, please. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Tower of London and met oh, the Ravens? Oh, the Ravens, there? yeah. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Amazing. Noises and lots mm. of... They, fuck, the Ravens are here. They make those weird dong noises, like... Mm, dong. Yeah. Crazy weird noises. But, exactly, clicks yeah. Clocks. Um, I bought my wife for a Christmas a little while back uh, the book by the Raven Master. Nice. Um, And he's got, like, a TikTok and, and, and yeah, YouTube yeah. and Instagram. But, yes, I've seen them, and they're fucking enormous. They are. They're, they're much bigger than you think. Yeah, they're like dogs. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, but it's a crow for me. So, Tim, I, slave. I have a couple of answers. Robo slave, because I I had my go-to answer, and then I was like, oh, but that's not really from a film. I mean, it's technically from a film, but it's you. Mm. So I had my go-to, and then I've got one specifically from a film. Okay. Uh, my go-to is a Growlithe or an Arcanine uh, from from Pokemon. Uh, I see Pokemon B movie, very clever. I have also chosen a Pokemon. Ah, like <laughs> you boys. Which yeah it does I think I think you see them in I think you see a Growlithe in the background in Pokemon the movie I think they're all there and somewhere. I think there's a Load, concept art of an arc loads of shit of them yeah yeah um, right well you can just have a Growlithe and then eventually it will evolve into an well, Arcanine. well exactly so, yeah. Yeah. good point um, would you ride your Arcanine I mean if it's big enough to ride then yeah they're big enough to ride I believe yes uh, my 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 movie answer is definitely big enough to ride because uh, I would have the big elk deer that uh, Lee Pace the elf oh uh, has in the <laughs> thranduil, I think Th- thranduil something like that um yeah i'd have his his big megafauna elk thing megafauna elk smart i like it uh arcanine is two meters tall there you go yeah it's a horse-sized dog yeah, yeah. very growlith think... 71 centimeters that thing grows three times its own height yeah. that's pokemon for you i find a lot of pokemon are either 
fucking massive. Yeah. Or like, oh, because Charizard is like five and a half feet tall. It's a fucking dragon, <laughs> but canonically, it's like as tall as my fiance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's a fucking dragon. It, yeah. There's a, a thing like, oh, Eevee is a small thing the size of like a small dog. Yeah. Yeah. How old is it? How big is the evolved versions of it? Like Jolteon and Umbra. <laughs> fucking huge. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that just really the same thing? Same sort mm. of size? No. How big's a Snorlax? Oh, it's like ridiculous. It's like a Seven, uh, kaiju. Foot. It's like, yeah, it's like 12 foot tall. Nope, six foot eight. Oh. It's tall. It's not huge. I mean, it's, that's, that's a very tall person. I suppose person. the thing is, is that everything's from a 10-year-old's perspective. So it's That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. It's you, the you've just quote blown from my mind over again. There, yeah. Of like, uh, I remember you being a lot taller, like 10-year-old, huge. Yes, yeah. Which is a weird thing for Dustin Hoffman to say. Eevee is for sure my choice. It's the most adorable of the Pokemon. Would, would you be evolving it? See, th- I like that you have the options there. You got to commit. You, but once, yeah, once you've done it, you've done I, it. I'm always a fiery guy. Mm. I'm always a fire starter, twisted fire starter. So maybe go Flareon. I like a good Flareon. But now mm. we've got like Glaceon and all the ice ones, and yeah. Leafeon and Umbreon's cool and all the darkness and stuff. There's a yeah. psychic one that could like read people's minds. Espeon. And stuff. Espeon. Thank mm-hmm. you. Umbreon and Espeon and all that kind of stuff. There's so many options there, but yeah, once you maybe I'd get analysis paralysis and just be like, "Oh God, I have so many options." Yes, but I can only do it once forever, and then my pet is forever changed. It, it goes to the Jesus Christ, evolve me, but I love you, Pikachu. Fucking fuck you. <laughs> That's Pokemon Awesome, by the way, from Ego Raptor. <laughs> if you hadn't really clocked yeah. onto that, uh, yeah, Eevees are tiny little things. Pokemon's like, a good one to get out of that one. Actually, yeah, fair, fair shout. Eevee is. Almost exactly the same size as my current pet, Toothless. She is, uh, uh, it's a little bit taller. So it's about a foot tall. Yeah. It's quite, quite big for a sure. cat, dog, fox, whatever the fucking Eevee is. And it weighs about six and a half kilos. And my chunk of a cat weighs six and a half kilos. So <laughs> I know I can pick up an Eevee because I can pick up my cat. So, yeah. and it looks real fluffy and real cute. So I'd be happy with that. Now, I haven't seen Encanto yet. Is there a capybara in Encanto? Yes. Once, yes, I've, there once is. I've seen Encanto, I might be changing my answer to that. Yeah. I fucking love a capybara. You do love a capybara. There's a, a kid who can talk to animals, so I think the capybara. I, I, I remember the capybaras now. I'm thinking about it. Yes. Good point. There are. There are capybaras in Encanto. Excellent. Com- confirmed. Fictional characters. <laughs> capybara. Nailed it. <laughs> What's the next question? Next question. Moving on from Rhino Man. What is your dream film? merchandise tricky one to start with i was like oh fuck and then i realized it's something i've wanted since i was a kid oh no and haven't been able to get ever oh no there's only just been released one recently what are you turning into a 500 fucking pounds what what obscure fleshlight are you creating here Matthew? no i've actually mentioned this on the show many times sorry Titanic. no no um <laughs> no no it's um it's the fucking bike from akira oh okay yeah you, you can't get a decent small, just a just a simple model, mm. whether it's like a, a toy or a fucking statue or a model kit or any of that shit. It's like we don't do it. Oh, but here you go. Here's a five hundred pound one that lights up. Like, I don't want that. You fucking. I mean, it's on trash taste. It's fucking psycho. Yes, but yeah. yeah, that's that's my answer. I I would I would love to be able to afford more Lego just in general, and I I I think like custom sets for like my own favorite films would oh, be amazing Tim. yes um i walked past this as a charity shop in norwich that had the simpsons house mm. in lego and i was like oh he's in a charity shop 
oh my god that thing's usually like 400 quid. How much was it in the jar shop? 350 quid. And yes. I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, oh, and I, I misplaced the zero and I was like, I'm about, 35 pound? I'm about to get a 35 pound thing that's worth 400 quid. I'm not selling it, mind. I want that shit. Yeah. And there was a Tower of London one next to it. And I was like, that's a, that's a 300 quid. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let me reevaluate. Oh, that says 350. Fuck. Yeah. I got very excited and very disappointed at about 15 seconds. Yeah. I would have loved one of the phones from The Matrix when they made the phones from The Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> I get that entirely. Yeah. yeah. Found one on a bus once. I would also love, whether this would be an actual prop from the film or like a replica, uh, Inigo Montoya's sword. Ooh. Oh, you probably can get that. Probably can, but I can't afford it at the moment. But, you know. Just ask Mandy Patinkin very nicely, and they'll be like, yeah, "That's a stretch goal on yeah. uh, Patreon now." Yeah, get, get Tim that sword. Get Tim a sword, Jack. Don't know. Which really? one's that from? Yeah, is that a um, car from Cars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lego's a great shout. Being able to just have a Lego thing of whatever you like, because they do. There's those mm. websites now where you can like build a thing digitally and then it will work out all the bricks and then send them to you yeah so a friend of mine her husband worked at lego years ago when they first started doing the design labs idea Mm. which is a similar kind of thing but internally at lego Mm. and they basically would have a thing of like okay we've got this new thing coming out what's possible Mm. design me some stuff to go with tron legacy or dread Mm. or whatever the fuck was happening 10 years ago and it's like Okay. And he was basically a 3D digital mm. designer who yeah. would build digital Lego kits of all the cool shit. Mm. I was like, you have the coolest job in the world. <laughs> I know you're not building literal Lego sets. He's like, oh, no, no. Sometimes they build them as prototypes. Mm. Like, you have the best <laughs> job in the world. And he was like a six and a half foot tall bearded German metal dude. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. I don't know why, but that makes sense. Did the you guy want to marry designs. this guy by any chance? I mean, yeah. <laughs> why not? But yeah, he, he was like very enthusiastic about how cool Wait, that process is. Is this the stuff. pudding dessert dude? No, he's Australian. Oh, damn. I was so close. This, guy, this guy's Austrian, not Australian. Damn. <laughs> John lives in Norwich. Like he's yeah, he's yeah. local. But yeah, I think having... I don't know. I've never been much of a kind of merchy kind of person, really. I, I like things that reference things like i wear a lot of branded t-shirts and yeah um i recently got a cool avengers jacket and i like things that look like they should be in the film Mm. like you have the like the shoes from back to the future when they oh my god they tie themselves off never as cool as they seem no but i got the the shoes from back to the future that i I always think like having a wayland yutani t-shirt is so much better than just having a t-shirt that says aliens it's a big a big fucking uh, xenomorph thing yeah yeah Yeah, that's fair that's fair i mean obviously no shame. Do what you want, what you want, but you're right. Yeah. I think it's more. It's it's the wink, and then I'm like, I get that. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. The inside joke. And yeah. they also tend to be designed nicer and yeah. more aesthetically yeah. pleasing. Yeah. So I I recently got a Avengers leather jacket that is like got the little Avengers logo here, mm. but apart from that, it is just a really nice leather jacket that happens to have like the Avengers red running through it with like elbow corners and stuff. And it's just mm. a really nice looking jacket. I'm like, sweet. So it looks it looks like something like Black Knight would have worn in 1992. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's based on very loosely based on Steve Rogers's undercover thing where he wears the leather jacket and a hoodie because mm. it's got that thing where the inner layer is a hoodie. Right. You can, oh, yeah, you can yeah. de- so you've, it's got a hood 
and like two inches of hoodiness yeah. on the inside of the jacket that you can zip up and have that zipped up and then the jacket's on the outside. Mm. But you can also unzip the hoodie bit off and have just the jacket with mm. no hood oh. and it still works as a jacket. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's quite cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actual practical things like that. I've always, uh, Emma's got a hoodie that looks like the Assassin's Creed with the, the peak and all that kind of mm. stuff. Yes, yeah. Little things like that where it kind of like, it's almost like a budget cosplay in a way. Mm. Yeah, I get like, that. Yeah, that's really cool. And I know, mm. like, the hoodies that look like the quantum suits in Avengers Endgame were very popular. Oh, right. well, like yeah. the white, red, and black oh, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, quantum yeah, yeah. suit things they blew up for a while. Yeah. That kind of shit is the stuff I like. I, mm. think. I look like I'm in the. I, I have a long sleeve top that is Black Adam's suit, basically. Mm. Yeah. With, like, the big lightning bolt and the black, like, wrapped around and stuff like that. Mm. It's really cool again. I wore it to a Comic Con once and had a great time. People are like, hey, it's Black Adam. I'm, like, I'm just a big fat white guy in a t shirt. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take it. Will you be wearing it to see uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson play yes, Black Adam? Yes, personally, personally to see Dwayne. Nice. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, Dwayne, we look the same. <laughs> People often get us confused. Yeah. Whoa, someone better go home and change. <laughs> One of us is going to have to go home white and change. Dwayne. Wrestle, wrestle you for it. <laughs> That'd be nice. Cool. What's next? Uh, next question. I'm getting towards the end here. Oh, cool. Dear listeners. What's one podcast you listen to most other than Sequelizers? Weird qualifier at the end there. I don't listen to Sequelizers that much. I edit Sequelizers. I'm and present for Sequelizers. I listen to other podcasts much more than I Mm. listen to my own show. I mean, when Uh, we're editing it, we're listening to it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You're right, yeah. yeah. I don't have time to listen to my own show very much. I don't have time to listen to a lot of podcasts. So what what I often do is I will listen to the EP clips that you guys pick. Yes. And be like, oh, bloody good work there, Tim. Bloody hell. Oh, that was a funny one. Oh, I see what you did there. That's funny. Mm. Yeah, that's clever. That kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, I very rarely, after you've recorded it, I will very rarely go and listen to an entire episode and be like, yeah, I recorded that two weeks ago. Yeah, let's go. Mm. When I was a kid, I remember a, a panel show sort of quiz thing. Uh, must have been mid to late 90s. And it was a Red Dwarf thing. It was the actors in the show going against like the super fans, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was this like when Red Dwarf turned 20 or something. Oh, no. It was, it was, this was, I mean, they might do that again, but this was like in the 90s. So it was literally worth being like only like 10 year anniversary. Oh, it might be. Point. Yeah, it might be 10 yeah. years. Yeah. But either way, I remember watching it as a, you know, preteen kind of thing, mm. watching the thing. Ah, oh, brilliant. And I was like, how do the actors not know they're in it? Yeah. And then, of course, as I get to making film stuff mm. and TV and all this, I'm like, that's not how it works. No. When you're done with the moment, you yeah. forget about everything, whereas the fans obsessively watch over and yeah. over and over. And a lot over. of actors can't watch themselves. No. They, they will not You go see back the faults and, and flaws. Yeah. yeah, precisely. I feel like Tim and I are going to have a few. Yeah. And Jack's going to have a fuck ton. <laughs> yes. So you go last. My show notes were, I have too many. Um, I have one to mention. Uh, the answer is the Blind Boy podcast. Mm, you always recommend the Blind Boy podcast. Love me, the Blind Boy podcast because you're is, Irish. I mean, that's a bias. Just a there. little bit, of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's my favorite podcast, favorite talking point. Uh, just so ridiculous. Under that is Cheap Show. Um, I listen to Cheap Show as well. It's yeah, just the time, great. the time. Because again, doing the podcast, doing a different podcast, doing filmmaking, doing mm. watching films, doing reviewing films, doing day job. The I, I listen to music a lot when I walk around. I listen to Audible sometimes again, like mm. book stuff. I listen to podcasts gaps and places and things yeah. uh, like the mortar as it were between the bricks but I, again I know there are so many good podcasts and we've talked to so many people who have host so many good podcasts it's just find the fucking time sometimes yeah. so it's it, but on the regular the one I listen to all the fucking time Blame Bay yeah I, I, I had like a peak 
podcast listening period, which was when I was working in a job where I could literally just listen to podcasts there all day. There we go. But so the the, sh- the podcast I have listened to most, I believe, is my brother, my brother and me. Mm. Um, which I've the, fallen the McElroys. The McElroys. I've fallen behind on. I haven't listened to in a, in like six months, maybe. But um, listened to a lot of that, and and would often listen to like episodes more than once. Um, or listen to clips on YouTube still and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the favorite things. But the show I've probably listened to the longest and have continued to pretty much always be. Week in, week out, listening to it. Joe Rogan experience, of course. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, no, is uh, War Rocket Ajax, Ooh. which is a m- pop culture but mostly comics podcast done by uh, Chris Sims and Matt Wilson, who are both people who write comics uh, and have written lots of comic like criticism and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I, I generally week in and week out will listen to that. They do a monthly show where they are ranking every comic of all time ever. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Um, which they've got about a thousand on the list now. Wow. And it ranges from like obscure to very well known, truly terrible to fantastic. Um, that's always fun to listen to. Yeah. And that's, that's the show that I pretty much always will listen to within a few days of it coming out. It has comic reviews. It has like guests talking about stuff that's generally pretty interesting wrestling talk even though i don't listen watch wrestling <laughs> uh, it's nice to occasionally... someone who, who has something you like them talking about it so it doesn't matter that, what it is yes that's the thing is is it's got that pleasure of yeah i enjoy lis- hearing them talk about the things that they love they're doing a series at the moment where they're going through mark grunewald's run of captain america mm. um and like every sort of fourth episode will just be them going through like six issues of that and talking about it um which is very enjoyable jack i have your long long list i have 53 active podcast subscriptions fucking hell yeah i know that's not necessarily listening to every single week but i bet it fucking is you psycho (laughs) no not necessarily yeah um so and there's a few at the bottom there that are the irregularly updated ones well shit like serial and stuff that is not Mm. a regular posting thing that's Mm. not included it's 61 total. There's eight at the bottom that are like, I done, I finished now, but I've still got a few episodes to listen to. Or it's like oh, a, a mini series. Like a, yeah. Some of them are like fictional mini series. Yeah. Like actual like audio fiction kind of stuff as well. On a week to week basis, um, a lot of wrestling podcasts, mostly from the guys at Wrestle Talk. Uh, really, really like those guys. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to get Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk on the live stream at some point. Cool. Because he's a big film buff. Mm-hmm. He hosts a lot of the shows on the Cineworld YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Luke, I don't think you're listening, but just in case you are, hey, hey, come, come and hang out. Um, he also hosts the Games Master podcast I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, Under Consultation, with a guy called Ash. And uh, yeah, him and Ash recently did a live show in London. Gutted I couldn't make it. I nearly went, but yeah, timing didn't work out and stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you want a retrospective of all of Games Master, they've now done the modern series and have gone back and are now on season five i think mm. you don't necessarily need to know games master but if you have a little bit of nostalgia for it i highly highly recommend it um i know matt you listen to a broad in japan as well i do chris Broaden, uh pete donaldson i do uh pete also hosts a bunch of other podcasts about football and wrestling and that kind of stuff you go and check out his company which is called stack formerly known as Stakhanov, whole production podcast production company based out of London mm-hmm. to do some fantastic work. And in general, their production quality is really, really good as well. 
more kind of weird stuff like plumbing the death star um mm. which is a bunch of australians who i've seen live a couple of times and i know quite a few people in our discord are big sans pants radio fans which is the network they're part of i know they're doing a live show coming up shortly before my wedding and i can't go and i think josh miles is going uh interesting one of the eps who talked about how he bought tickets on the discord the other day our friends over at Modern Escapism, I highly recommend the D&D show that Gadget DMs and hosts called Do Androids <laughs> Dream of Electric Sheep? Oh, no, wait. It's Do Dragons Dream of Scorched Sheep. <laughs> oh, God, I love that title. Very clever. Uh, they've just kicking off their season two at the moment, which is a lot of fun. Uh, sticking on the D&D trend, I do listen to Critical Role. I'm pretty much up to date on campaign three for that. Uh, my favorite actual play podcast is the Glass Cannon Network. They do like Pathfinder and Starfinder stuff um, and have now spun off and done whole other shows on mm. like the Alien RPG and the Cyberpunk RPG. And they're currently doing a mm -hmm. series, a 10 part series on the Dune RPG, which is amazing. That's all on YouTube and on podcast platforms and stuff as well. A um, couple of ones I mentioned before, it's probably not Aliens, is debunking ancient aliens. Oh, yes. Stuff. Yeah, I, I mentioned really that a couple of times them. on the show before. And the counteraction to that is one of the guys from RKG. Rory does this paranormal life, which is, we touched on cryptids earlier, analyzing a weird cryptid story <laughs> basically every week. And him and his co-host Kit, mm -hmm. one of them takes the role of the paranormal investigator and goes and does all the research and then presents it to the other person. And they basically decide, this is just a bunch of shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, it probably is. It's owls. It's always owls. It's probably owls. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Going across a couple of heavy metal ones, not a regularly posted one, but one I really like from, funny enough, comic book writer Anthony Johnston um, and comic book podcaster and critic Brian Latendry. They do Thrash It Out, which is a kind of album by album kind of book club for metal, basically. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. I know Anthony, he's, he's a great dude, good writer. Uh, what else we got? Loads of stuff. I could go on. I could go mm. on. Next time I get shit for honorable mentions, I'm going to fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what one do you think you've been listening to the longest? Good question. Uh, I don't know the longest. While you're thinking, I didn't even mention my wife's podcast. She's off on Super Mario Drop, obviously, but more importantly, she's also on Super Bit Power Hour. Yeah, with Super friends of our yep. student, you know. That's not important. I do <laughs> just listen to Super 8-Bit as well. That's, yeah. that's great. Probably like the Rooster Teeth podcast. Okay. That's been listening for like 10 years at this point mm. it's been something going like one of the longest yeah it? yeah it's been Probably. going a long fucking time i think that things like the, the old drunk tank days whenever yeah just drinking beers and hanging out and stuff and the audio quality shit mm. <laughs> we know what that's like um but yeah i i don't keep as up to date on the rooster stuff as i did a few years ago i kind of dropped off a lot of that stuff when all the controversy happened with some of the members of that community and that team mm. yeah some horrible shit happened and there were terrible people thankfully they've all been kicked out of their yeah. respective uh roles and all that kind of stuff and it was handled in a inappropriate way in, in general mm. but really just kind of soured me on the whole thing and I've, I've dipped back into like off topic which is the achievement hunter podcast that they do which is mostly their their crew mm. the gaming side of things mm -hmm. but yeah loads of podcasts basically and i have yeah. a bunch of like seo and marketing ones that i just kind of keep up to date on mm. because mm. i also do that for a living so jack but, chambers king of podcasts man of podcasts very much so people have taken the piss out of me about this for about seven or eight years now so yeah <laughs> i think if it's i'm just doing shock. something i'm listening to a podcast yeah i do it while i'm gaming i do it while mm. i'm cooking mm. i do it while i'm walking i do it while i'm showering yeah, if somebody says they're watching a lot of tv series nobody complains about it. i say i watch a lot of films mm. i think it's because podcasts have the ability to be between like half an hour 
four hours. Four hours. Yeah. And I feel the ones you... What absolute idiot would record or listen to a four-hour podcast? <laughs> Titans among men. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Only the strongest of, <laughs> of podcast listeners. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you do ever want any podcast recommendations, do let me know. Mm. I have many. Yeah. Of, of a variety of different topics. As whatever, well. whatever format Jack decides to respond to in, he'll hit a word count limit at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so emails that have a word count limit, this one did. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So let's round things off, shall we, with our final question. Mm. Yes. What three films would you recommend to someone who hasn't seen anything outside of mainstream releases? I think that's something, a topic that comes up a lot on this show. Either we're referencing something in the main season, we're like, oh, this actor is a thing we cast because he was great in this thing or they were great in this thing. Or you get a interseason episode where we get to talk about bullshit yes. and we yeah. get to recommend stuff that way as well. So mm, yeah. yeah, lots of different options there. Mm. I'll start. Please do, Tim. I have a couple of picks that have been mentioned on episodes and mm. one that I don't think has, although maybe maybe has in the distant uh-huh. past, but two that I can definitely remember have having done. Outside of the mainstream is an interesting like qualifier because I'm not sure quite where... It's hard to define it a bit. I'm not it? sure yeah. where like you start falling out of the mainstream. Yeah, um, I'm but... going to raise a flag if I think it's mainstream. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I think I, I deliberately erred on the side of these are definitely outside. Okay. I think there's certainly films that I would recommend maybe ahead of these, but would be closer to the mainstream. So, I but I, flag I, ready. I erred on the side of obscure and therefore safer. Sure. One that we talked about very recently, visually stunning films, The Fall. Mm. No mainstream. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. And a great film. Sure. Definitely yeah. not mainstream. Um, I think one of the best looking films, obviously, yeah. visually that, stunning, that also manages to have incredible performances and an emotional core to it that is devastating a lot I of the time. I agree. I agree entirely. Another one that I I believe I mentioned not in the most recent what we've watched recently, but maybe in the one before that, uh, is BPM. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the French mm. uh, AIDS kind of drama. No mainstream. I Yeah, again, this was a, a film that I had had on a list of things I wanted to watch and I think it was when we were coming up to doing a what we've watched recently, and I was like, "Oh, all I've watched is sequelizer stuff, and I can't talk about any of that stuff." Oh, okay. Like, I see that's on Netflix at the moment. I'm going to go watch it. I've been meaning to for ages, and I watched it, and it blew me away. You hear AIDS drama, and you think it's going to be one kind of thing, and it is that. It or is, rent. Vi- <laughs> yeah, that's and the other it is kind of AIDS drama. It is very sad and like devastating at certain points, but it is also an incredibly joyful and angry film yeah um and it manages to balance all of those uh incredibly well and at a point and i think it was true then and i don't know when this was a year ago or whatever and it's it's certainly true now like it's very easy to feel very to look at a lot of things going on in the world and feel very hopeless fucking definitely and it is it is a film that makes you feel hopeful and angry mm, and motivated mm. to try and do stuff. Mm. Um, it's a good it's a good thing to spin out of. Yeah. yeah. And and a thing that not a lot of films do that. And I think it's always worth like there's a lot of films that can make you feel sad or that can make you feel happy or that can, you know, blah blah blah. And I think films that can make you feel emotions and sensations that aren't necessarily 
often touched on by film is is always an interesting thing to look Definitely. at. And the final one is a film by the the tragically dead uh, died quite young a, a couple of years ago, Lynn Shilton. Oh, uh, yeah. which is your sister's sister. Yes, which was one of my favorite films of the year it came out, which I think was something like twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah, around right. that period. A uh, very simple drama. It's basically got three people in it. It's got Mark Duplass, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, and Rosemary DeWitt. It's kind of comes from this sort of mumblecore tradition, which is basically, hey, let's just take some people and put them in a room and film it and yes we've got a fairly decent script but they're going to improv around it but it's not it's not you know a comedy although it is it's not a here's some people from snl doing a comedy it's Mm -hmm. not an anchorman improv type thing it's more of a we know the emotional arcs of these people and we're going to have it be funny but also sad because that's what life is like yeah um and it was just it was one of those films that just got me at exactly the right time i think it's something that not many people will have seen uh i think it's wonderfully directed uh and the performances are all just amazing um really great emily blunt's an interesting person she kind of only does big studio films and this was a rare case of her doing something smaller and more intimate and she's really good in it and i wish she would do stuff that is a little bit just like push herself a little like she's great in sicario and stuff like that which again is quite a big film still but it feels like she doesn't push herself as an actress as much as she maybe could and i think she's always great when she does do that Mm. um even though this is a very this is not like an intense film it's a very like warm and friendly film Mm. um but i think it's just her tapping into something slightly different and yeah uh, just a a lovely film quite quite a, a nice warm hug of a film yeah after all that emotional like turmoil from the yeah. other two I, again I, I i not that i should need to it doesn't matter really but i i thoroughly agree tim three great movies mm. to endorse uh, and again also not mainstream at all i i, I think that's the definition mm. basically yeah mm. a couple of films i've talked about already on this show plenty of times before ex machina spectacular incredible yeah. film that is just one of the best and most interesting science fiction films of the last decade, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is amazing. Donald Gleason is amazing. Alicia Vikander are amazing. Mm. Ba- again, similar to um, what you just mentioned there, Tim. Basically, three people for that entire film mm. in mm-hmm. a compound and the dynamics between them and who's manipulating who, who sides on who, all that kind of stuff. Fascinating exploration of toxic masculinity and humanity and identity and existentialism all the lovely stuff you learn from robots and sci-fi basically. <laughs> <laughs> i've mentioned it plenty of times on the show before i won't go on another one i have mentioned before as well is a film that was funded through kickstarter uh, and i can see it on matt's blu-ray collection over there is blue ruin by jeremy saulnier fucking great mm. film. i fucking love blue ruin and it's the example i always use for going in as blind as possible with a film I had no idea what Blue Ruin was at all. <laughs> I saw a poster outside Cinema City here in Norwich mm. and I went in and I was like, I fancy watching a film. I did the thing Matt hates where I just wandered into a cinema. I was like, one ticket to movie, uh, please. I do, I do hate it, but at the same time... <laughs> I do hate you, Jack. Yes, you're right. It's, it's the fact that you turned up at a cinema that is an independent art house cinema. I didn't just wander into Odeon and be like, What's the biggest movie, please? Yeah. yeah. One ticket to that old big film, please. It's like, no, I feel like whatever you'd end up with would be something that would be 
like only showing for like three days anyway mm. and be a transportive experience. So yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, Blue Ruin is again if you can go in blind. We've talked about um Macon Blair and Jeremy Sonia a couple of times on the show. Talked about how much I love Green Room. Green Room is fucking spectacular mm. as well. Um, bit more of a kind of breakout kind of thing with Green Room. Again, having the late Anton Yelchin in there. Mm. Uh, Patrick fucking Stewart, incredible, terrifying, uh, terrifying, and incredible. Patrick Stewart. You think he's all lovely, Grandpa Patrick Stewart? <laughs> nope, king, no, of no, the, no. king of the neo Nazis. Um, Blue Ruin is something. Yeah, like I said, I went in knowing nothing about, and the journey that Macon Blair's character goes through in that film completely blew me away and surprised me in every twist and turn. And I was like, oh, oh, I thought it was this kind of film. Turns out it's this kind of film. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, originally funded through Kickstarter, then co-funded when it came to the UK for distribution rights through like Film 4 and stuff, that kind of thing, you know, the usual kind of uh, art film yeah. type stuff that ends uh -huh. up coming coming through Film 4 type stuff here in the UK. I don't know how it's distributed in the US, but I'm, like I said, originally the production budget was partly funded by Kickstarter and stuff, mm. so it doesn't get more much more indie than that. Mm. But yeah, it's full of a lot of unknown faces and it's really something you can kind of lose yourself in and be like i don't know who any of these people are but i'm starting to understand the dynamic i think mm. are they a family are they related are they boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> i don't know what's going on and then it all kind of reveals itself as the as the character goes through his journey and it's fascinating and spectacular cinema another thing also through film four and funnily enough something i talked to matt about the other day and again is in your collection here of blu-rays um, a field in England. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Ben Wheatley, we know he mm -hmm. brought him up a few times on the show before, and it's a weird one because so so much of it it should be like that's not for me. Like nothing of this film really, like X Machina is like of course Jack likes X Machina of mm. course he, he likes the kind of introspective intellectual sci-fi kind mm. of thing because he's trying to be cool and intellectual. Um, but a field in England is this weird. Uh, psychological alchemy drug trip period drama experiment thing mm. dirty makes... filthy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's real gross and real low budget and mm. weird and psychedelic and yeah it, it's set during the english civil war so like 17th century whatever that is 2016 <laughs> 20... <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I'm being facetious. Uh, it's set during Brexit. <laughs> um, yeah. And it is basically a, a couple of deserters from the war try and leg it across a field in England, funnily enough, mm. uh, eat some mushrooms and go a bit insane on their journey. And it's a bunch of the guys you might know from British TV shows of the last yeah. two decades or so. It's like yeah. uh, Michael Smiley, Reese Shearsmith, Julian Barrett. All these kind of people you see who are like... Probably known for, like, comedies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. means they're the most terrifying individuals to, to yeah. take the roles on, yeah. That's like Mighty Boosh people and Spaced people and... League of the, Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen, League of Gentlemen yeah. yeah, exactly. All this kind of weird, very British... Subversive British subversive comedy. Subversive yeah. British yeah. comedy stuff, yeah. For all intents and purposes, like I said, I shouldn't like this movie. And it's one of those films... Again, I have a weird story of why I ended up watching it. Oh. It was me and my best friend Callum, who's the best man at my wedding. Um, and for whatever reason, he was like staying the night at my house or whatever. We're in our like 20s at this point. I don't know why he's staying at my house. We have it's the novelty of a sleepover in yeah. our fucking 20s. 
we just come out of university and stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, cool. We can we're back. We're both, adults now. We're Ooh. both back in Norfolk. We can yeah. do what we like. I'm living with my parents. Nothing has changed. <laughs> um, and my dad, I think I can't remember whether he was like consciously aware of what this film was. But was like, oh, I heard this is good, and just flicked it over. And I was like, okay, is that Reese Shearsmith? Why is he in black and white and dressed like a like a? I don't know what. Why? What is this? Set in the English Civil War. The fuck is this? Mm. And the three of us just sat down and just were absorbed in this film. Again, going in completely blind and having no idea at the time who Ben Wheatley was, <laughs> who any of these characters were, what the fuck was going on. But going in with like, oh, that's the guy from the Mighty Boosh. That's not an old, not an old building. The other guy. What the fuck is this? And yeah, it was just a captivating, weird... If you want something mm. that I... The only thing... I'm about to wank Matt off, so be prepared for this, listeners. Hello. The only thing I can think of that compares to A Field in England is Titan's Eagle. Yeah. Your, your short film, available on YouTube, it's by on YouTube, the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you can clearly see the threads between the two because of the, the, the horror and the psychological trauma that the characters go through and stuff. Yep. And also... Some of the characters wake up in fields in England. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so when I watched Titans Eagle with you when you premiered it again, funded through Kickstarter and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I was like, this really reminds me of a field in England. I really like a field in England. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see the mm. see the connective tissue there. So yeah, I met Ben Wheatley to do a Q and A at uh, Cinema City. Uh, he's he signed that copy of Field in England, the Blu-ray I have, and we were talking about my film. Mm. You now I basically just said I like to. Do you know, did my own thing with it and different things. Talk about time loops and stuff, and we would talk about the old British TV series and things. So he's a really nice fucking guy. That's all I'll say mm. about that. He seems like it. He really That's is. good to hear. Mm. Well, master of cinema, Matthew Stogden, polish us off, why don't you? All right. Um, here's my fifteen recommendation. No, no, no. This is your podcast list. Three. Okay. Yeah. Three. So I stuck <laughs> to three, and I've nearly broke my neck trying. One of them is a trilogy, <laughs> but apart from that, it's three. Nope. All of James Bond. <laughs> 2025. <laughs> Zatoichi. Um, no, right. Okay. That, would, that would count. Mm-hmm. I gave myself some little uh, conditions, I guess. So first thing I wanted to do was say, like, right, if someone's needs to see mainstream cinema, um, I told my wife these pics, and she was like, do you want to get things to get them into more stuff? I was like, no, that's not my problem. I want to just expose <laughs> them to different things. That's the most and if they get something answer. from that, great. If they don't, Fuck them, I tried. Mm. Um, and I'm like, oh, we might go like, easy win with this. And nah, I bollocks that one time, good stories. So the first thing I wanted to get into was something animated. Because, mm. again, from the mainstream perspective, most people think, ah, animated movie. You mean Disney? And Pixar and stuff, yeah. right? And that's when those things aren't great, because of course they are. But, but, tends but to listeners be... of sequelizers know. Oh, yeah. Matt loves the Croods. <laughs> two, Tim. The Croods 2. <laughs> Croods 2. <laughs> yeah. That's a sequel that's better than the first one, as we've discussed. Yes. Yeah. One of Nicolas Cage's few sequels. <laughs> I hate that so weird. so much. Um, yes, it's so anime, Matthew. It's anime, yes. It's anime. And it's the, it's, and, and Into the Spider-Verse is a good example of what animation is capable of doing. It's like you, the, the limitations are like not there at all. So I thought, I want to go to something anime. It's like, which anime do I go for, considering I, represent, I recommend a lot of anime usually anyway? What? Really? I tend to. Oh. Um, and I decided to go with 2006's Paprika. Oh, Inception. <laughs> I'm a break. If you know, off in your you own. know, listeners. Yeah. It's, it's basically Inception before Inception. Yeah, Satoshi Kon uh, directed this amazing, weird, kind of drug trip of a movie. Um, 
it's quite challenging in what it does and it batch it in how it presents things and it's it's again a lot of the visuals say inspired quite generously <laughs> ripped off in another way there was a whole lawsuit about it precisely it's pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty well known exactly um by inception which i again i love inception i, I think it's fantastic yeah, so one on nolan it did bracket thing exactly yeah. so so yeah I, I i um i think that would be a good one to start with to say like if you're only used to seeing big hollywood blockbusters watch this weird animation <laughs> get ready to have your tits blown off <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> but not like in a way that i'd be like oh watch perfect blue and have yourself like ruined on the inside at the yeah. same time it's more like that's a bit fucking weird then i'd be like right now i'd like to show you something else something gritty something grounded something from the 90s sort of a big fucking power punch to the face sort of really boiled down cinema like, oh what's that 1995's la n um french cinema directed by matthew Kasovitz, Simon vincent cassell and a bunch of other people and it's just it's just crime in paris mm. it's black and white and it's beautifully filmed it's visceral and it's just brilliant weirdly enough emma owns this film on dvd that's weird i don't know why has she seen and it no she's never watched it what the fuck <laughs> it stands out in her collection so much <laughs> there's like disney film disney film disney film oceans trilogy fucking loads of like legend and moulin princess rouge. bride and moulin rouge and all that kind of stuff mm. La N is there, and I'm like, is that? Did you buy that on purpose? Turns out she worked at HMV, and you would just basically get DVDs, yeah, free stuff, free stuff for stuff, like yeah. a quid or whatever. It's like, oh, we're just chucking it out in the warehouse. Do you want to five DVDs for a pound just to get it out of the way? And mm. I'm like, sure. So she owns a bunch of weird shit, <laughs> including this movie. And we sat down and watched it a few years ago, and we're like, mm. this is really good. Mm. This is random fucking film that you happen to have on DVD yeah. on our shelf somewhere. Crime, gangsters, riots in Paris. It's fucking everything. It's black and white. And it's brilliant and just this this mentality, which from all the trailers, of uh, a guy falls off a well jumps off a building and every pass every floor is like so far so good. Um, it's not the <laughs> fall that's the problem. It's when you hit the ground or something. Um, it's a great movie. It's it's really and again that would get you into a different type of thing. It's like here's a French movie. Oh yeah, I know French movies all black and white and cigarettes and oh mm. la la. It's like be... yes, this is black and white and people are smoking in it, but yeah. not like you think. No, and not it's in gonna... a sexy way. Yeah, it's a real punch to the face. Like holy shit, I didn't know you could tell this. Well, you know, I wouldn't think you could tell the story outside of America. Mm. That kind of thing. So that's my second pick. Mm -hmm. My third one is light anthology fare that I really enjoy. That isn't particularly good, arguably. As in, it's like, you know, if you look at the, like, the Rotten Tomatoes for the films I just listed, it's like, mm. yeah, they're very high. This one is like, eh. mm. 2003's Coffee and Cigarettes. Basically, it's, a, again, another black and white thing. Very silly, very weird. And the sort of through line for all these things, it's just conversations, amusing conversations, basically, uh, sort of tangentially around coffee and cigarettes. Yes. Uh, you've got Tom Waits and Iggy Pop talk about how they've given up smoking, therefore they can smoke. And also at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm going to Taco Bell if you want. It's like, well, I kind of Taco Bell kind of guy to you. <laughs> um, uh, you got... Um, hey, Mick, you want to see my Tesla coil? Yes! <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got uh, Jizzer and Rizzo sitting in the cafe. And you're, you're ghost busting ass Groundhog Day, <laughs> Bill fucking Murray. I know that, but don't tell people. Yeah. You like researching for a role? Okay, what you do is you, you swill, swill some bleach. Don't swallow, Bill Murray. <laughs> don't swallow. You spit that out. 
Um, stupid little conversations. Mm. Um, Kate Blanchett playing herself and her cousin, yes. who is like kind of a redneck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, an unsophisticated Australian. And she's yeah. like, you know, oh, you got all this money and fame. Yeah, I do. It's great. And it's like, yeah. My favorite one is Steve Coogan and Alfred Molina. That is a fantastic one. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's Hollywood through and through in sense of yeah. like, I kind of met you because I had to. And as the meeting goes on, he realizes, oh, that's interesting. The person I was dismissing is actually very connected and I kind of want to get to know you. Yeah. I don't want to, I was a bit of a piece of shit earlier. And maybe it's like, no, well, you missed a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a fun little thing and it shows that comedy can be a lot of different things. It's got like such huge talents and like Roberta Benini's in there as well. It's just, mm. it's silly and wonderful and I enjoy it, even though it may not be by very definition, a good film. That's my three. Nice. That's it. Nice. Nice and tight there, Matt. I appreciate that. Well, dear listeners, thank you very much for sending in your questions. We very much appreciate it. And it's been a really interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. We've covered some, yeah. a wide range of topics, even as much as we do here on the interseason stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have any general questions for us, you can let us know on social media. We are Sequelizers on everything. As it's spelt in your podcast app in front of you, you can search that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual places. You also find our YouTube channel and find our Discord find our merch, find our Patreon, all the other kind of stuff at sequelizers.com. That's the website. It's the hub of all the sequelizers information. A nice little way of finding anything. And a bunch of links to all the podcast platforms we're on and all that stuff as well. If you want to follow me or have any more questions for me for whatever reason, I'm JLW Chambers on all social media. Matthew, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can go to theredrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. Also, if you search for the BBG Wrestling channel, you can find Sumo Drop every other month. And we talk about sumo wrestling. Tim, if someone has a question for you and they didn't send it in time for this, where could they send it? Up the rest! <laughs> uh, they can put it in an envelope and address it to Santa Claus, uh, and it, I will eventually answer them. Or... Uh, uh, out himself as well Christmas. <laughs> Uh, or you can go to Twitter uh, and search for trivia underscore lad. That is me on Twitter. And uh, yeah, sure. I'll answer your questions. That's ominous. I don't know why it's ominous, but it it's is ominous. ominous. Yeah. But we'll be back next week with more interseason goodness before we get. Yeah, the to... last of the interseason. Yes. Before we get to some season 10. It's, and... a, it's a fittingly final one, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> and we've got. <laughs> And we've got a banger of a start to season 10, if we do say so ourselves. We're kicking off with a highly requested bad sequel in the start of season 10, and then some real fucking garbage yeah. <laughs> to season 10 and, uh, in a good way. The first episode will also come, oh. well, not come, at some point near it its release. Co- it will come. With a commentary. Ah, there we go. Return of the movie commentary. So if you're not already on our Patreon, by the time it comes around to the launch of season 10, do get on it because we'll be doing movie commentaries for three of the films of oh, season 10, yeah. including episode one to kick things off with a banger. Mm. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you for your support. And if you can't support us on Patreon, please go and review us on the various podcast apps of choice. We understand, you know, money's real shit and tough right oh, now. It's and going to get much worse. Yeah, the UK is pretty fucked. So totally understand if you can't financially support us. But we would very much appreciate if you go and give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the usual places. It's a free way of supporting the show and spreading the good word so we can be found by more people. 
on the podcast app. With that out of the way, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for the interseason finale.